0: Hello there, friends. It's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin Mahan. Thanks for checking out this very special bonus episode of the Attenture Podcast, where once again, Adam and myself are going to head to the Down Underverse of the WWE World Wrestling All-Stars out of Australia. I want to take a moment to thank all of our lovely backers over on Patreon and let you know as well that right at this moment, a new episode, a bumper one of the SmackDown Crawl has just dropped. We are in the midst of the Austin Return Triple H Blackhand Rakeem running over investigation storyline and we are having stupid amounts of fun there's over 60 episodes of the smackdown crawl now available as well as that you've got over a dozen hours of the bibliotech book report podcast a whole swath of video episodes two of which you can watch for free on our youtube channel just search a e podcast on youtube and as well as that you can sponsor an episode if you have a project or a podcast of your own you'd like to plug you can get access to q a episodes or side series and crossovers Events like the big show, 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 and all of our commentary tracks. All of this and more available for all our lovely backers at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast, which makes this podcast 100% fan and listener supported. Thanks for everyone who's checked it out. And if you've not done so already, want to get yourselves on that SmackDown crawl train? You've got a lot of content for a very little backing at patreon.com slash AE podcast. But for now, I'll take off my Andrew McManus hat and put on my Kevin Mahan hat because you're about to look at a revolution.
1: I got a
0: Attitude Era Podcast. Regrettable, bono, sequel-o, WWAO, australia in the U S O Special Edition. Hi, <laughs> uh, once again, it's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin Mann. Join us, I am, in this look at world wrestling all-stars the preeminent australian post 9-11 i'm not labeling like that they seem to be labeling like that (laughs) wrestling organization that makes the xwf look like a bowl of potpourri and roses adam bibelow how are you getting on and are you excited to return down under,
2: mate. I'm I'm feeling okay about this. I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I was extremely anxious going into this because I went back, I had a little re-listen to the WWE, the first episode we did, The Inception. Wow. Bad old time, wasn't it? It really was. And I remembered, I had it in my head, that was a very dark-sided show. Went back and listened to it. Forgot just how dark-sided it was to the point where there's like three instances, I think, in that episode where I literally go, I'm sorry, guys. I'm really sorry. (laughs) Like, because we had to keep bringing up homophobia as a topic. Like, so I was very anxious going into this one. Were there any particular dark sided
0: highlights from the previous WWE episode? I will say from this point, you know, if you've not seen the first WWE episode, do go back and check it out because you'll be making constant reference to it Mm. uh, throughout here. But WWE, for the broadest of strokes, Jeff Jarrett, Jeremy Borash, Vince Russo, Andrew McManus, the bag man, bag brackets full of $700,000 <laughs> yeah. in unmarked bills. The, these were the, the big names involved, and it didn't go down like that when we came with the inception, Adam.
2: Yeah, there was, like I say, there was a lot of hate in that show. There was a lot of homophobia and transphobia, and it wasn't just like one or two segments, it was littered throughout the show. But I will say it did have a fun, nightmarish quality to it in the sort of like. I remember about an hour and a half in everything got so bleak and so ridiculous there was a point where you said like get those bananas out here to take him away and it all just sort of came crashing down on me like what is this show we had fucking bananas uh, yeah. in pajamas kevin i think
0: you mean fruits and suits adam the completely <laughs> copyright equivalent different from bananas and pajamas uh, fruits and suits completely different but it was the type of show wasn't it where the the theme from the magic roundabout could play for yes. around 90 percent of it, yes. it seemed absolutely fine Mm -hmm. it had nice production values and it had identified a gap in the market the similar gap in the market that was identified by both xwf and a young tna where a majority of this crew would go on to form the basis of that nwa tna pay-per-view run in nashville in 02 and 03 there's a lot of familiar names from the wwa
2: Yeah, there was a lot of... This was actually, compared to XWF, this felt like a good idea on the surface because it was set out to get some of the old stars from WWF and WCW who aren't signed anymore, and we're going to put on shows specifically catering to the Australian market and the European market, specifically the UK. And that actually felt like, okay, there's a bit of a gap there. There is surely money to be made. And you're also
0: partnered up with someone who is his bread and butter in Andrew McManus is... To do international concerts, which involves lots of logistics going between Australia and America. Yes. And, you know, if, if you can bring Lenny Kravitz to Brisbane, there's no way you're not bringing Sting and Lex Luger <laughs> to the United <laughs> States of America.
2: Well, that's it. We're on our second pay-per-view here, Kevin. And we are now in Las Vegas, America. So they've decided, uh, fuck that potentially worthwhile like niche we had ourselves in. Let's just fucking go for it. Let's try and be the next WCW now.
0: It's very hard to think of any company... I mean, there's lots of little startup companies here and there. I mean, while watching this, I get reminded of so many startups from the last five years. Like there's big five star wrestling vibes, great memories. Zach Gibson in the Manchester Evening News arena. There's only two hundred people here. (laughs) (laughs) We still had our shoes off, but it wasn't the right vibe, was it? Like (laughs) you know. So, if you were to pick one name to be the kind of thrust behind wwa other than andrew the bagman mcmanus i mean for me i would always say it was vince russo because wwa pay-per-view one had the vibe of russo it had a lot of the the wcw in the year 2000 kind of craziness and like the mocks are gonna hate this yeah. but the mocks are gonna love this very self-referential Very off the wall, pure oil, mean humor that we saw a lot in like 99 Raw and stuff like that as well. But there's been some shakeups here, Adam, because you're telling me we're coming from Las Vegas, Nevada, and I had to look at some of the promo materials and I'm very excited tonight because I've got Macho Man Randy Savage in the main event, Scott Hall, Kevin Nasty, Outsiders, Scotty Steiner's making an appearance as Teased in The Inception. It's going to be a big night in Las Vegas, Nevada.
2: This has blown up, Kevin. They've got so many names. They've got a star-studded card sorted out for us here tonight. And yeah, it's not just on the marquee itself. It's also backstage has been a big shakeup. So the first pay-per-view we did did have Vince Russo stank all over it. But in fairness, he was already gone by that point. I think it was That's just- That's true, Yeah his ideas had maybe lingered around like a bad fart and then did get used on the first pay-per-view. But he'd actually Because he, he had
0: the skeleton of the show there, but he yeah. didn't go to Australia. And I remember he was quite close after nine eleven, so I think there was a general, like most people are like i i'm going to i'm not going to travel or do any shit like that but he was he, from the actual inception he was already gone then
2: yes before the inception even got to pay-per-view he'd already left and he'd said that he'd vowed that he was going to wash his hands of the wrestling business forever and then he never came back that was
0: it that's when he, he bought his video store in in Atlanta and then uh, we had some uh, jesus times
2: that's right yeah so more on Vince Russo some other time, I guess, because he is no longer a part of this company, Kevin. Oh, man. And
0: yes, and yes, it feels like his spectre is here, you know, hovering
2: around. Well, I think that's because... When you ask what sort of name would I attribute as the main thrust of WWE, I would say it's Vince Russo's Apprentice. It's Jeremy Borash. He does so much of this. As of this pay-per-view, he's the head of talent relations, he's the head booker and the head writer, as well as being the announcer. And like we said last time, he's spinning all these fucking plates and he's taken up pretty much most of the responsibility of the show.
0: And that is the part of the episode where I have to remember to really strongly put over some aspects of like jb jeremy borash because he's someone who i was aware of you know even since i knew he was part of wcw back in the 2000s but obviously as someone who watched a lot of early days tna jeremy borash was very much like someone you saw he was the mean gene oakland of that company except he was also the bobby heenan of that company that you know mean gene did the stuff you saw on camera but bobby Heenan did the stuff on camera and a million other things like he wasn't there no show no jb no tna for pretty much I'd say at least 85% of its existence but if Jeremy Borash was to be wearing a turban and he were to remove that underneath he'd be like yes that's why I'm here but I'm still weak I can only I can only control Jeremy Borash through the back of his head and he may seem nervous but he's actually as hateful as hateful as, as Vince is because you know what I don't think Jeremy Borash has been given a hard time about any fucking thing he's ever done in wrestling he always gets praised Mm. and comes out sparkling shiny new and you know what Jeremy Borash editing British boot camp on the airplane on his laptop you know doing the voiceovers like Adam Biblow with a duvet over him Yeah, it's very impressive I admire the hustle but fuck me Jeremy Borash you wrote some god awful shit and you are going to be held to account for it tonight
2: yeah legit Vince Russo is no longer anywhere near this scene I don't care if you're a Patsy Borash you're going down for this like his hands are filthy as far as I'm concerned
0: mate Patsy more like Patsy Kenseth in that he is the main event the head person in charge (laughs) here all eyes on them yeah when he walks into the room heads turn that's all I'm saying right (laughs) But Adam, before we came to the US, we have proven WWE to be a truly international organization because that was one of their main things. They wanted to be a global rival to WWE. And WWE, mm-hmm. you know, famously never really did Australia when they were touring, even when they were touring, you know, quite extensively in the 90s. Australia rarely got a show. I know global warming in 02 was a very big deal for wwe and you can see when they did super showdown even yeah. a few years ago huge arena would show up for that so there's a lot of wrestling fans in australia and there's all wrestling fans here in the uk and other than that wcw toured a few rebellions and insurrections we often find ourselves a bit bereft over you know in the, the western european isles so wwe had a go
2: at these british isles did they not they did they certainly did in between the inception and this show the Revolution. There was a UK tour. And I'll tell you what, let's go right back to the end of the Inception pay per view. And I will take us through beat by beat what's happened with the WWA since then, because a lot changed behind the scenes quite quickly. So the last pay per view was The Inception, and that took place on October 26, 2001. I don't know if we discussed this on the last episode, or if we were just so <laughs> done with that show we wanted to get out of there. But it was poorly received by fans and critics. Most people complimented the production values were quite high, it looked very good, and it was a very impressive presentation. But pretty much everyone hated the wrestling and the stories. Yeah, I
0: think we could say that even for two thousand and two, you know, when you could say maybe like production values, the standards are considered. You maybe the 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 standard would be a little lower from what's a non WWE show. Like if they had more than one camera, I'd be like, wow. But even by those low standards, it looks really good. Even by today's standards, the production value I will still say looks good. But if you look at like two thousand and two the quality of wrestling even though it's a notable downturn with people like austin and rock leaving full-time 2002 still cooking you've got you know a young brock lesnar tearing mm. it up very shortly you know you've got you've got big names you've got triple h man you know so
2: oh the game am i
0: right yeah am I rice the king of kings <laughs> so <laughs> so 2002 there is a. Like, I think there is a standard there. I know people like to shit on early, you know, early two thousand and two WWE and whatnot, and rightly so, I guess to an extent. But there, there is still a standard that was better than what you were getting. I mean, October 01, I can think some of the episodes from from you know, we had Kurt Angle and Steve Austin doing a lot of great stuff mm-hmm. around then. You know, we still had even in the invasion some good wrestling as we pointed yeah, out in season three,
2: of course. So. The, the, the taste was there culturally, that people wanted good in-ring action as well as good presentation, and they didn't get that from the first pay-per-view. But we heard from a lot of fans after that first episode that WWA decided to change up their attitude and change their style a little bit by the second show, so we'll see how it compares by the time we get there. In November 2001, Jerry the King Lawler pulled out of WWA and the XWF and went back to WWF instead.
0: I mean that's well documented on across season 3 Jerry Lawler's kind of odyssey let's just say
2: (laughs) (laughs) I will say that brings me some relief though because last time jerry lawler in front of the australian crowd going over the house mics he was fucking unhandcuffed black Uh, tar heroin jerry lawler like i tell you what i
0: was i was missing him during this pay-per-view i honestly was i was missing jerry the king lawler with with a live house mic can you imagine that
2: (laughs) (laughs) so then in late november early december we get the uk tour which is across several different locations we have a show in belfast dublin Birmingham, London, Newcastle, and I think Manchester, as well, all of which got somewhere between five thousand and six and a half thousand attendees, so Jesus. not bad, they made a fair bit of money,
0: yeah, and I right. know I remember a lot of people saying like first wrestling show or whatever this 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 was it because i'm not sure if the price point was lower or if it's just the fact that they hit a lot of towns on very quickly where people you know due to me they come maybe once every two years or once a year but you'll get manchester or birmingham or london yep. you know but to an actual honest to goodness up and down the country tour not nice there i appreciate that they managed to make it down to dublin as well you know not yeah. many wrestling companies would, would do such a thing so i mean I would be interested to know if any of our fans have any experiences from any of these shows, because I know that the Road Dog Jesse James had his main event run on this UK tour, from, from what I heard.
2: He did. The headline for the whole tour was Road Dog Jesse James and Jeff Jarrett for the WWA heavyweight title every night of the week. <sighs> well, at then, le- you know what, Adam? At least
0: they got them both in their prime, though, right? You know, They sure when- as fuck did, Kevin. Exactly. You know, God, poor Road Dog, You have to remember all those new place names. Manchester, <laughs> Ireland... <laughs> Oh, you know, on a recent SmackDown Crawl where we were like when Road Dog just beat Raven, you know, really resolutely, that yeah. was that was the time. Remember we said there was a rumor that one time he came out and just said the complete wrong oh, yeah. name? that yeah. was the match Adam that was the match yes. <laughs> there you go yeah we
2: got correspondence from a fan who was there that night and was talking about how upset everyone was in the crowd speaking of the crowd being upset at road dog we have actually got a handful of stories here from the WWE uk tour from our backers over on patreon who actually attended these shows back in 2001 so first of all we got a little message from dave who attended the point theater show in dublin hey. he said that ken shamrock was in the program and promised to be on the show ken shamrock was not on any of this tour whatsoever.
0: I don't even think his name's been associated with wwa at all. I've not that's, seen. That's I've the first the,
2: I've heard of Ken being involved in this. Was in the program of all things.
0: I swear I've been on the alum page of Wikipedia for wwa <laughs> and I. You know what? I hate that about wrestling. That you are allowed. It's the only form of entertainment in the world where you're basically allowed to say. Uh yeah, this is gonna happen, you know. Yeah and, and, and you know what it's so fucking shit that they're allowed to do that. There's no recourse because you can always just go, Oh yeah, it's a storyline. Like, oh is it a storyline of one of the Rolling Stones doesn't show up like
2: <laughs> <laughs> It's just lying is all it is. Yeah, it just is. We got another story here from Amy who was a baby at the time but says her dad apparently attended the Belfast show. And Road Dog did his promo before the main event, and because he was in Northern Ireland, he's like, oh, everyone here loves a bloody good drink, don't they? Someone throw me a beer. And apparently everyone booed him and told him to fuck off. He waited for a really long time awkwardly, like, someone please give me a beer. Eventually someone threw, like, a mostly empty can with, like, a little sliver of beer left. Threw it to him, and he had like a really awkward sip, and then just tried to pretend that it didn't get to him and get on with the match. But apparently, he was very rattled.
0: Oh, uh, I mean, in fairness, though, I mean, I know that was in the Belfast show, but like, if you were in the point and someone's like, "Give me a beer," I'm like, "What? You got seventeen quid? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you got? Have you got an hour to queue for it? Like, you're you're in you're in you're not in the US of A anymore, Mister Road Dog. Concessions matter here, yeah." <laughs>
2: According to Amy's dad as well, Brett came out and cut a very long promo on Montreal and Vince McMahon for the Belfast crowd. Oh, well, I he's going to
0: cut a long promo. Like, you know, you people here in Northern Ireland know a lot about hardship, you know. And I like to think that, you know, what happened in Montreal was very similar to what you've uh, all experienced.
3: <laughs> no, Brett,
0: no. No, stop him. Somebody stop him. <laughs> You know, it's like the way no one stopped Taz from talking about Northern Ireland on the Smackdown vs. Raw 2006 commentary. Oh, like.
2: Jesus. We got some I, just, I, I just,
0: I can't think of anything that I'm less prepared for than any wrestler ever talking about Northern Ireland. You know, it's just because I like, stay away I mean,
2: from that subject.
0: And people would be like, oh, Kevin, what not a from the UK? Have you ever talked to anyone from the UK about Northern Ireland? <laughs> they don't even know that it's part of their country. No.
2: We also got some messages from Charlie Porch and Ashley Clements who went to the London and Birmingham shows and they just basically expressed their confusion over the commentary going out over the PA. That's right. They did that at all the oh, house they- shows as well. Oh, I
3: thought
0: that was just for like pay-per-view presentation.
2: Nope. every show had that gee
0: we well, you know what there's how you get your money's worth out of you know jerry lawler or mark madden yeah, or whoever they can
2: work house shows work
0: the house show loop so was lawler on those shows then or do we know
2: i don't actually know i think they said the commentary was borash and stevie ray i believe someone said jesus i think fucking
0: christ i think stevie ray yeah long day at the
2: office We got messages from Will Porch and Daniel Cox, who went to the London and Newcastle shows, and they both got yelled at and flipped off by Scott Steiner. But there is one story here, Kevin, that I've been saving for you. Dean Jameson from Newcastle went to the Newcastle show, and I'm going to read this out verbatim, this message, because I'm so pleased with this story. My best ever wrestling memory was from this show. At the halftime break, me and my two friends approached a KFC Colonel-looking gentleman stood behind a barrier. After speaking to him for a few minutes and finding out he was the aforementioned Andrew McManus, we asked if we could go backstage. Sure enough, he did. He told us to come back to the barrier before the main event. We did, and he let us through. I, I say, Adam,
0: he- Adam, has any, did any cash exchange hands here? That's what I want to know. Because <laughs> like, I don't know if the guy who's messaged in here. You may be implicating yourself in some sort of international money laundering kind of thing here. <laughs> And when exactly did you meet this gentleman?
2: (laughs) (laughs) We got to meet the wrestlers backstage and watch the main event from behind the curtain. Gangrel, with beer in hand, spent about 40 minutes answering questions for the three of us. We also met Bret Hart, Road Dog, and Luna. I've still got the signed program to this day. So there you have a story of St. Andrew, I'm going to call him, St. Andrew McManus being a fucking wonderful man and looking after three young wrestling fans. That's lovely
0: saint andrew mcmanus he never gets respect
2: best metallica album mate best album well
0: the best metallica song from the best metallica album for the most metallica man and andrew mcmanus who probably had a big brown paper bag full of money to bring metallica to to australia at one point you know that is a precious story that is a very mm-hmm. precious story because i don't know if you've ever been fortunate enough to ever have a kind of a hey a little behind the scenes show type of a thing no. i had some i had some friends in bands where i've been very fortunate it's the nicest feeling in the world but that's happened in wrestling though is like so magical like that's incredible yeah. and i am like I, I think anyone who's a wrestling fan would would want to have a, a memory like that, and it came from, of course, the Dreammaker himself, Andrew McManus. Of course, who, uh, I've actually got a bit of an update on as well. Uh, I've been doing some more more sleuthing myself. When you know Adam's been doing all the kind of superfluous stuff here about looking at your know, historical wrestling moments and memories from fans <laughs> in attendance. I, I've been on the investigative journalism page of the Sydney Morning Herald doing the real work for the podcast here, oh folks. Boy. Cause that's why you, you tune in here. Just just the headline alone. And it's only from last month thereabouts, so you know, there has been movement. Here's the headline, folks. Rhyming slang, lines of coke, and a $700,000 bag of cash. A day in the life of Andrew McManus. A day in the life. Woke up, Get <laughs> out of bed drank a couple of bottles of vodka made my way downstairs and had a line and suddenly noticed I had $700,000 in cash in a bag ah, ah, how the fuck do I explain this the bag of $700,000 in cash which when we last spoke he had alleged was to pay Lenny Kravitz or ZZ Top. That's right. Yep. so as it transpired the Money laundering as it relates to the drug trade. Separate instance to this, and he has been completely... He's gotten off, no charges filed from the international Whoa. drug thing. He, he's gotten out of that. So he, he, he he's not involved in that business anymore. Wait, so he's not behind bars anymore then? Oh no, he's avoided jail time entirely, Adam. Wait, he was never behind bars? No, he was. He would have been behind bars awaiting trial... But he is oh. he is got he is gone now. He he was out on bail and then he he has received no jail time. But the, oh, the smoking man. gun, the seven hundred grand. So <laughs> as it's come out, the seven hundred grand, okay, belonged to a personal trainer who had taken the money from a gambler. And the gambler Hmm. was taking the money from the personal trainer's business associate. And the idea was that he was meant to take this like two or three million dollars and go to the casinos and turn (sighs) it into like five million dollars. But the gambler, it turns out, was a known fraudster and had actually just blown two and a half million dollars over the course of his big bender he was on. So the personal trainer trying to save the money for the businessman took the remaining 700 grand in cash and took it to his hotel room at which point an unnamed person rang the police and said there was a gun in the hotel room and they showed up and they found a the 700 grand and they took that instead because it's dodgy and then The lawyer of the businessman contacted Andrew McManus and said, Look, we're in a bind here. We've got 700 grand. You make like 40 million dollars a year. Can you show up and just say it's yours and we'll give you 200 grand? (laughs) To which Andrew McManus says, Well, I've got Lenny Kravitz coming and he'd rather be paid in cash. So I guess that's all right. Fuck me. What a mess. What a mess. Cut to court where Andrew McManus admits to being on a bottle or two of vodka a day when he agreed to lying to police about the fact that the cash was him. Despite no. the fact that they tapped the phones of the businessman and they heard <laughs> and they heard him on the phone saying, Mate, I fucking aced that police interview. It was, and I quote An Academy Award winning performance! (laughs) He was caught (laughs) on the tap. He was on the wire doing a Triple H promo for fuck's sake. And what is this a loud crunching noise? Ah, that was me victoriously snacking on some carrots and hummus after the <laughs> deed was done. They listened further on the phone tap and they heard him saying that he was in a bit of, and I quote, froth and bubble. And he desperately needed a Gregory Peck for Lenny Kravitz. So froth and brubble, that's trouble in Cockney rhyming slang. Okay. Uh, Gregory Peck. That's a check. I only know this from being a devoted Greg Wallace follower. And I believe Lenny Kravitz is Cockney rhyming slang for Claire Saffitz of Bon Appetit. Fame. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, because he was in this financial desperation, they figured that Andrew McManus was, according to his lawyer, a soft target. And this was all arranged at a, a high-powered business lunch where they discussed all the plots and plans that they were going to do he believed that they were pumping his tires telling him that he was a man of substance and that it would be a walk in the park for him to get it under cross-examination mr mcmanus denied he was drunk at the lunch but agreed that he had consumed some cocaine one or two lines, not very much in consideration, he
2: offered. Yeah. So Sorry, sho- sorry, that, that reads like fucking journey into darkness there. Like, <laughs> But he admitted that he did do some cocaine at lunch. One or two lines. It wasn't a great deal. It didn't matter, of course.
0: Backstage, Mr. Croker was celebrating the fraud. He celebrated with a bottle of vodka. Mr. McManus had cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> so the lawyers proved demonstrably. The lawyers proved that Andrew had shown sufficient remorse and that he himself, while he had admitted and had pleaded guilty to concocting a fraud, he himself was the victim of a slightly bigger fraud in that okay. he didn't realize he was in with all this dodgy dealings. Uh, okay. So no, even though he was done in that, he, he, he admitted to lying to police under oath and, you know, he completely made up his statement to the police he as his his sentence was such that there was no jail time. I believe he served a fine wow. some community service, but as of as of May 2020, the man's out, free to run the WWE
2: There is a Netflix limited series waiting to be made about this man's life. Like that's so fucking convoluted.
0: But it's annoying for me now because after WWA I had bought the rights for the title of the show McManus on the Run, and that's not gonna happen now, is it? <laughs> mcmanus living comfortably in australia hasn't got the same ring to it
2: how about mcmanus on the run subtitle saint andrew rides again (laughs) so there you go folks uh
0: that's the story of andrew mcmanus so lest we you know the last episode took place when there was kind of you know questions over where Mm. it was all going well Mm -hmm. it's gone where it's gonna go there he is he's grand now
2: okay okay well thanks for the update there it's good to know that the kingpin has managed to keep his hands nice and clean for all of this (laughs) my hands were never dirty vanessa i would never touch such bloody seven hundred thousand dollars so in the middle of the uk tour on the 30th of november 2001 very significant date my niece was born George Harrison passed away and most importantly Scott Steiner's Time Warner contract expired and the next day he debuted in the WWA. So
0: you're basically saying those are all the things like all the stars have to align like a a child has to be born, a legend has to die and some (laughs) some money's got to be freed up. (laughs) Have you ever checked if your niece is the reincarnation of George Harrison?
2: That was literally the first thing we did. We put a cigarette in her mouth and gave her a guitar, and we were like, "No, this ain't working. She's not good at this." Let's
0: watch see if it if it gently reaps.
2: No, the guitar wasn't. The child just cried, unfortunately. (laughs) Got a few more highlights from the UK tour here. Things that I found online. Apparently, in Dublin, Stevie Ray was supposed to take the piss out of U two, but he forgot the name of the band.
0: (laughs) That's a very WWA thing to do. Also, Isn't it? you're not going to get Healy and Dublin making fun of you too. We'd all be going, Hey... They you know, love Bono
2: over there. Yeah,
0: we love Bono kicking him in the back, going down the stairs and stuff <laughs> like that. You
2: know, in in Birmingham, JB did the two cool dance with Brian Christopher. So that must be quite nice to think about. Oh, in- we're giving you, you a special wrestling company to have for your birthday party, JB. In London, Scott Steiner took the piss out of George Harrison, who was still fucking Jesus warm. Jesus Christ!
0: <laughs> you know, everybody say George Harrison was the most talented of the Beatles. <laughs> But I think he should sit down, and shut up. The Quiet Beatles cry <laughs> for a reason. Sorry, I, you know, we've got a Scott Snyder promo coming up later on, and I apologise for giving you the impression that he will be able to make words. That, yeah, that is, that is not the case. That was an inaccurate impression.
2: And finally, apparently, on pretty much all of these shows, Bret Hart said that no one in WWF or WCW ever beat him.
0: I mean, well, which is good, Adam. We've been watching a lot in '97, and I don't think Bret Hart has ever lost.
2: I don't think he has. No, if you look very carefully, it might look like he's lost on occasion, but he actually hasn't, so...
0: Yeah, he may may have lost at him, but did they beat him? That's the question, really, though. Did they beat him? No one ever beat him. It's the same thing, though, is it? And can I just say, I think when we did WWA episode number one, that came, I think, before we even started season four. So we were right at the tail end of season three. I think we were were kind of in the transition, almost. And you and I had very little, if any, time for Brett the Hitman Heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think that's worth bearing in mind if you haven't listened to that last episode. There's a there's pretty much three quarters of a season of pure adoration and respect for the Brett the Hitman Heart. And on IT mm-hmm. Wrestling, we did the Bret Hart episode as well, where I think it was eye opening for you and I quite a bit, just how how much you know, how much we actually like and respect Brett now compared to how we would have back then.
2: Yes, agreed. But I still think his performance at WWE, The Inception, doing his 9-11 promo, like, doesn't matter how much respect I have for... If anything, my newfound respect for Brett Hart makes that even sadder and even <laughs> more depressing. <laughs> like. So in late December of 2001, word starts going around that Big Sexy is looking to start touring with the WWE as soon as he can. Uh, is his uh,
0: Time Warner contract perhaps... Uh perhaps expiring around this time adam is oh, that i believe maybe? it
2: is yeah he's, he's becoming a free agent he's got he's looking for somewhere to go to work and wwa would be easy money for him it's only limited dates both the xwf and wwa are also looking for sting around this time as well so there's a lot of big names on the horizon for the company you know what's so funny is
0: that people myself included think of that 2001 2002 period and it's like well there's the guys the time warner contracts then they waited then vince just scooped them up but There was I mean, if WWA and XWF, they're nothing if not negotiation positions. Mm
2: -hmm. Totally. I mean what they are.
0: If there was no WWA or XWF, two companies that had a very like, you know, I like to think of like very small animals that could put on elaborate warning displays to be like, (laughs) look how big and scary I am. Look how much money we can offer you. Yeah, big sexy. We can give you your 600K, but we won't be running shows in fucking April at this point. So I kind of feel like these places almost existed so the likes of Hall and Nash could get a number on a piece of paper to go to New York to Vince McMahon and say, oh, they're going to give me this just
2: to show up. Legit. Legit.
0: Like, have you heard the story about about Hall and Nash how they got extra money in WCW while they'd signed their contracts
2: oh god didn't like didn't they just pretend they were gonna get a counter offer from WWF and Eric was like well here you go here's another 100 or whatever yeah, shit they were literally was. like
0: it was like oh well you know Vince McMahon was saying that they might offer us 300 grand more which they hadn't like they wouldn't no. they were like right off you go and they're like yeah they're probably gonna offer us way much more money and Eric was like literally at a restaurant with them. He's like one second and he went out and came back I got you another 400 grand or whatever fuck you know. me. Like, like he was like, oh, you didn't get your chips at your meal. Hang on, let me go sort that out for you. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> I would say ATM Eric, but as we all know, ATMs usually have a daily withdrawal limit on them, so it's more like kind of <laughs> booty at the bank, Eric.
2: <laughs> Early 2002 here, we get some worrying signs already. They've advertised, they've started advertising the next pay per view, WWE Revolution, 24th of February. It's going to be a reunion of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. However, by the end of January, it turns out the MGM Grand, where they're supposedly going to be holding the show Oh that's hasn't that's, actu- that's, that's that's the MGM Grand, right? Of of
0: UFC, A E W and and like, Fame.
2: Yeah. So big, big venue, it would be a huge get. And as late as late January, we're like three weeks away from the show thereabouts, it turns out the MGM Grand hasn't actually agreed to anything with WWA. And in fact, WWA haven't even got a promoter's license for the state of Nevada, which normally takes around six weeks to get a hold of. So what the fuck are you playing at? Like, how are you going to put on this show exactly?
0: Well, that seems to be the first stumbling block there, because I don't don't know what the case is down in Australia, but I would say the concept of athletic commissions, you know, having regulation over pro wrestling, which if you really think about it still to this day is, is kind of a really weird thing. You know, like you know, it's kind of like if they showed up on like Ballers or Friday Night Lights and had to do like you know athletic testing because they do athletic stuff on those shows. You know, Mm. it. You can make the argument that it is a total bygone era, completely stupid. Even in two thousand and one or two thousand and two, I would have made that argument. And and, and don't get me wrong, I'm sure athletic commissions make sure that they provide bare minimum oversight, like doctors and stuff at indie shows. Which, let's be honest, if you didn't have that, they wouldn't have those those facilities that those shows promoters would, would, would would skip it. So I guess it is a Right or good in, in that respect but to not know that you're gonna have to do that
2: and you're booking the mgm grand like what yep. the fuck you got less than four weeks to f- try and figure this out like it's so fucking rinky dink and flying by the seat of their pants
0: but like that just shows you they don't have they don't have someone in america who's like i've been booking shows or like, i know this fucking this business like there is certain yeah. parts of it that shows you like how far gumption and can-do attitude and that kid's a whiz in JB, it'll only get you so far. If he doesn't know that... Like, if he's meant to be the guy who gets you a a fucking medical license from the State Athletic Commission or whatever it is, well, then, like, that's too much for one person to be doing because he's got lots of homophobic jokes to be writing.
2: I'm just going to put this squarely at the feet of St. Andrew McManus. I imagine this kind of shit is exactly... He's the fucking rock and roll promoter. This is the kind of stuff he should be able to take care of. Like, so... End of January, there is a big old rumor flying around that Randy Savage is getting really, really close to Andrew McManus, and people are starting to say that he's angling to get a top spot and work on top with Brian Adams, crush of all people.
0: Wow, relive the glory days of WrestleMania 10. Yeah, awesome, dude. I mean,. I will say in 2001 and 2002, when you look at all the people who came to WWE and who went off and did stuff in TNA, because, you know, Sting and Lex Luger showed up in TNA in 2002. Like, all, all the names did show up. The only name that didn't really ever show up in some capacity in any company, and I know he did show up very, very, very briefly and threw that one punch that one time, but Randy Savage was a lever that went unpulled in wrestling after he mm. disappeared in like the two thousands. Like and he never he never was used again. And I think Randy Savage is the absolute definition of someone who he could have showed up pointed to the fucking audience, and the people yep. would have lost their ship and said, yeah, WWA
2: is the next thing, brother. Yeah. So it's a big get for them. You can see why they would have Randy on their roster. Cause the like, he is definitely a, the, the biggest, biggest name they have by far.
0: I, I think and... bigger than sting. Even I think that is the biggest name because yeah. sting, you have to remember as big as he was, he was still a WCW guy. Exactly. Savage was like both eras, both companies, the Universal. top, top guy.
2: Yeah. So you can understand why they would have him, but apparently he's like, supposedly making moves backstage
0: and i also heard as well around the time that he was negotiating adam with big time wrestling uh, that that operation out in new york Like, they had a pretty sweet gimmick set up where he just have, like, like the old Blackpool days with Regal. they just have some geeks show up. Like, there'd be a few workers thrown in there, a couple of shooters. But it's mostly just, you know, geeks coming out. And they'd they'd pop him in a cage match as well. They wouldn't even know. Like, put a a jobber in a cage, you know, break his legs, protect the business. And, like, for someone with a love of the business, like uh, Macho Man Bonesaw McGraw, that was obviously the way that he wanted to handle things after the Time Warner money went up.
2: Early February two thousand and two. Word gets out
0: Randy also, Savage. Can can I just say can I just say as well, you may have like brought up Andrew McMahon as Saint Andrew with the 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 you know the the Kentucky Colonel outfit. In my mind, every time I see Andrew McManus, it's Bruce Campbell from Spider Man One. Like every single time, he's a baddie with a sparkly blazer and big oh, sunglasses, be really? like, <laughs>
2: counting his money. Like I was thinking more that the, the skeezy guy backstage, who's there, like the ad said three grand for three minutes, and you pinned him in two. I missed the <laughs> part well, that's my fucking problem. Go <laughs> kill some guy who killed your uncle, whatever. M-
0: Mr. McManus, like on the stand, counting his money, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then you. you You lied to the police. I forgot the part where that's my
2: problem. (laughs) (laughs) Early February 2002, word officially breaks that Randy Savage is now the head booker of the WWA and Crush is the assistant booker. The booker? The booker. The booker! They gave him the book. It's Randy Savage.
0: Yep. 2002. Rap album yep. Be a Man Jet yep. Blackbeard Living Legitimately in outer space
2: coast to coast Randy Savage. Men in Black 3, Randy Savage, that's exactly right. Jesus Christ Almighty. Yeah.
0: I th- didn't want long did it I want to see that show oh can you imagine
2: that'll be I, out there
0: I wouldn't even give I love Randy Savage I wouldn't even give him creative control at this point in his career <laughs> <laughs> then I come out in a spaceship And there's a whole new race, and they're the macho maniacs, yeah, taking over the universe, yeah. (laughs) No, Randy, go home. All right, I thought this would have been like a big, like, oh, they didn't get Randy, he didn't show up. But, like, now, in terms of dodged bullets randy savage and fucking crush not since ricky and bubbles were the assistant trailer park supervisor (laughs) and trailer park supervisor had there been people with power who've not earned it or should not wield it
2: (laughs) Like, just cause you're a good wrestler doesn't mean you should be the booker. I hate that logic. Of course it does. Like what what they're thinking is that Randy used to write down all of his matches, so therefore he should just write down everyone's matches and save everyone some time.
0: Someone like Randy Savage, like I would say be an agent, but it's almost like it's a waste for someone like him to be an agent. He should be a trainer. He should be the guy like yeah. Dusty Rhodes who just comes in and you sit underneath the tree and you learn somehow for an yeah. hour or two. Don't Legit. have
2: fucking write in shows. Oh my god so kingpin saint andrew mcmanus claims at this point that he has signed randy savage jeff jarrett and scott steiner all to two-year deals each so that's great you've got two years guaranteed now of scott steiner jeff jarrett and randy macho man savage like and that's, that's means, three good names
0: you can't go out of business then because if someone says you have to go out of business you go but i've got a macho man randy savage on a two-year deal and they're like all right well we'll allow it. Okay. we'll allow it.
2: <laughs> you keep you keep going andy the 24th of February, WWA Revolution pay-per-view is finally officially booked. They've got it at a new hotel casino in Las Vegas, a different place, couldn't get the MGM grand. And they still have no promoter's license. So technically, the hotel is now the promoter of the show, so they can get away with using their license instead. What? The hotel is the promoter of the- Randy Savage is the booker. The hotel is the promoter and has the promoter's license.
0: This just reminds me of, like, you know, in Hotel Hell when Ramsey shows up and, you know, like, the the, the owner is like, I'm not going to go and, like, look after the rooms or cook because right now I'm going to do, like, a share tribute act or my, my one-man Grease musical that I do every night for the, for the customers. <laughs> and Gordon's like, what are you doing? You should be focusing on your business. And he's come up here going, why are you running wrestling shows? Look at this burger. It's been microwaves. Why have you... Why is Macho Man ready savage the
2: head booker? Come on. Aww. Your assistant Booker does not respect you because he is in chronic. So, this is about mid February now. The show is officially booked. We have a venue, it's all confirmed. Macho Man versus Jeff Jarrett in the main event for the title. Both guys signed to two-year deals. It's like a good representation of what the main event picture of WWE is going to look like. Yeah, it's the past taking on the more recent past. Exactly. That's the,
0: yeah, because XWF had the future thing cornered, so we're just going with different shades of past.
2: As of the 18th of February, six days before the show, Jeremy Borash is now the head booker again, and Randy Savage has some input, in inverted commas.
0: Right. Okay. okay. All right. So, can you just imagine young Jeremy Borash here, you know, dressing like he's going to a fucking school disco after his confirmation, <laughs> going up to Matchaman he Savage, going, hey, I've got some ideas, Randy. Like, what the fuck? Uh, he, he'd eat him for supper. So, he, he would. would.
2: And last little point I have here before we get to the actual pay per view itself, because this is especially shocking to me. WWA spent no money and did fuck all, put no effort in when it came to promoting or advertising this show. They were merely hoping that because Direct T V have the pay per view, we can count on Direct T V to do all the marketing, give it a big boost, give it a big push, and they'll the do buzz, all of it for yeah. us.
0: Yeah, I tried to find like a pay per view commercial for this, because I think some of the WWA shows do have commercials flowing out, out there. I remember we saw yeah. the when we did Heroes of Wrestling, even they had a commercial that that played mm-hmm. afterwards on the VHS we had of it. So like were they getting commercials or airtime or like was there even like press releases because i really think even if it's false advertising the buzz of saying macho man hall nash you know saying that will would get people to buy a pay-per-view
2: well there, there was commercials but what they didn't realize is that direct tv were also advertising for the same like time a rodeo and a pride event and then they made a deal with WWF, which they yeah. didn't have previously. And then they started advertising for No Way Out, which is coming out around the same time. And WWA basically lived in the shadow completely and got oh, hardly any advertising. Yeah, because
0: you know, DirecTV, they're a pretty big operator. But I know mm. that during the ad shoot era, that one, I remember there was a there was a whole thing. I think we talked about it very briefly before about how... Only certain operators were carrying them, and that there was a bit of a yeah. negotiation about how much money that they were taking. So I think WWF thought we didn't need direct TV for many years because they could get mm-hmm. a bigger piece of the pie just going with one person. But look, No Way Out. You might think, oh, that's a bit of a B show, right? But No Way Out was being advertised as the return of the NWO, like Hall, Nash, and Hogan. Yep, that's what it was all about. They were pr- they were printing that all over the No, like No Way Out had the NWO like you know acronym as well. So. It had no chance in hell.
2: Hall and Nash, but that's what this show is. This show, The Revolution, is about Hall and Nash getting back together, Kevin.
0: And this is very much like, well, who do you believe? Do you believe the slick production package? You know? Or, or do you believe St. Andrew McManus? Like, would I lie to you, boys and girls? No, they're not going to the WWF, even though they produce footage and made promo packages of them. They're coming down to Las Vegas with me and the guys. Mm, Come sure. on, Hogan. They're all here. Hogan won't be here because we have his best friend macho man randy savage booking the show but other than that they'll show
2: up (laughs) so that brings us up to february the 24th kevin it's here wwa the revolution wwa
0: the revolution it's classic wrestling folks it's got some of the big names from the past las vegas nevada the people are hungry for change there cannot be a monopoly in the world of wrestling particularly on the global scale wwa you say you want a revolution well here it is baby
3: yeah. revolution
1: revolution Revolution. 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 Revolution.
0: Revolution. 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 Yeah! Here we go, Adam. Woo! Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, I know the NGM Grand wasn't wasn't booked in time, but Las Vegas is home to a plethora. A uh-huh. Milky Way galaxy of yep. jewels and stars of big event names, studios and, and arenas and mm-hmm. big productions. Are we in, like, the, the back lot of the
2: Caesars Palace Hotel? Ooh. Where are we at, Adam? We're in the glorious... Aladdin Casino and Hotel. Was uh, was
0: Casino Magic fully booked? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus
2: Christ. The Aladdin Hotel. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about this, Kevin, that you probably clocked onto quite immediately, is that they only have theatre-style seating. So literally you have all the audience on the one side of the room like they're at a theatre show. Have you ever attended a wrestling show like that?
0: I've seen footage. I've seen footage mm-hmm. of like literally like town halls where they're on an actual elevated stage and they've put the ring on there.
2: Yeah. First ever wrestling show I ever attended live. Me and my partner Alice were at the Sheffield Tram Lines Festival, which is like a big citywide festival with loads of different things going on at different venues and we saw like a little a4 laser printer poster saying free wrestling this way in the library we went around the corner there was a library theater which is like maybe like a 2 or 300 seat auditorium really small but they had free wrestling in there and what they'd literally done was like they'd just got a stage and plonked a wrestling ring on it it was you like imagine a <laughs> yeah it was like imagine your lecture theater from uni but smaller and with a wrestling ring on the sa- on the stage area and I bought a Ric Flair action figure at half time for one pound from a surly looking man in the lobby. And that Perfect. was my first experience of live wrestling.
0: And that's how live wrestling should be, you know. That's just the really way it is. The way it should be. I mean, there's obvious issues with the setup of having fans only on one side of the ring. I feel that it's a three hundred and sixty degrees you know mm-hmm. presentation and being able to play to all sides of the arena i think is one of the most important skills for a wrestler particularly a wrestler who's going to be on on tv like you can tell mm-hmm. those who know how to play up to all the different parts know when to be on the hard camera or not what i will say is even with that caveat in mind i think the thing that struck me the most even more so than the last pay-per-view was how good the stage the setup, the production values. I honestly thought for 2002, and I watched, you know, I started watching Ring of Honor. I watched, uh, you know, TNA and all that stuff. I watched a lot of indies and like CZW and stuff around about this time period, 2003 onwards maybe is when I got into it mm-hmm. most, when, when the wrestling channel was on Sky. And seeing this just made me kind of go like, wow. Like as a kid, if I'd seen this during that time, I would have been blown away. Just to see anything hold a remote candle I think it's like it's higher production values than most ECW pay-per-view presentations oh yeah
2: for sure and visually I see what you mean because it's a big old stage and they've got a fuckload of pyro going off and a load of cameras there's so many cameras like
0: we got really nice tracking overhead shots like yeah you know what I hate I hate going to wrestling and seeing like I remember I saw it went to ring of honor for one of their pay-per-views and it was the one before WrestleMania 25 and they had this awesome big crane because they were on Ring of Honor HD TV at the time. And I was like, look at that crane going, wow, great. And when I watched the show back, there was one crane shot in four hours. And it looked yeah. amazing. And I hate that. It happens to WWE. When did they give you those crane shots? Fucking yeah. never. And they always Waste look the great. When someone's yeah. in the middle of doing a move and there's a big whoosh over, I love that. It's great. And they do it a lot more here than I see in any other company. And mm-hmm. that is also a positive. I'm
2: getting all my positives out the way (laughs) well you see i can't even completely agree all the way with what you're saying here because it looks visually it looks really good to start off with but they make such a small easily fixable mistake that really really pissed me off here in that they're doing that big show open pyro's going off and there is no there is no music playing at this point like literally it's just you can hear these really quiet fireworks going And the crowd is quiet. There's n- The commentators aren't saying anything. It's really fucking awkward. And it just ruins that immediate like professional look. And here's the problem. You have got probably,
0: I would say, if you looked at the staff that they had and the money they spent, they probably have one of the most pro crews that you could get in terms yeah. of making a TV presentation mm-hmm. and what could only be a moment's notice. Because you could probably imagine they were going and deciding to do new things and different production ideas and all that up until the fucking minute this thing went to air. Yeah. But when you don't have I uh, hate I'm saying this like, but when you don't have a real you know a great person like Kevin Dunn but like when you don't mm. have oh no I, I mean whatever with Kevin Dunn feelings aside but when you don't have someone who just really knows wrestling and knows like little things like that when music should stop and start and it is pervasive throughout this you've got a crew who've never made wrestling before who are just waiting to be told what to do and they're doing it as they're being told it and you can't really blame them in that sense the crew because there's not like because i'm sure jb who's on commentary here today is meant to also be the guy who's producing the commentators and being on headsets for everyone yeah but adam before we got to fireworks we got to something Uh... way better because if you remember in the inception we got a little dirty lick a little early but this time they've risen from the puddle of mud themselves because we got the full band here going
2: Rail Rail
3: Rail
2: seventeen bomber. <laughs> it's
0: so fucking two thousand and two. The guy's got the cuff. The, the double arm pose he's going yeah. right in there like he's about to fucking suck a dick like he's so close to that microphone he's got that he's got that look hasn't he he's got that look to say you could bring me home to your mom at your own fucking risk yeah on your head <laughs> bias
3: <laughs> she's not ready
0: for my leather cuff my little claw on my finger yeah she's never even been to ashley your mom she doesn't know
2: <laughs> what my button badge life
0: is all about that is a stone cold bad boy right there folks
2: he is yeah shame about the song <laughs> the song is fucking hideous
0: Revolution! If, you know what I- Revolution. if you ever wanted to compress all of the butt rock from 01 to 03 into one song and not have mm. to think of loads of different words like literally someone going REVOLUTION gets yep. like the vibe of She Hates Me it gets yep. the vibe of Big Train it gets the vibe <laughs> of pretty much any song that was used on any game that had the prefix Smackdown versus Raw at the yep. start of it yeah,
2: pretty much.
0: they did provide us a <laughs> opening package but we're not going to give it to you here because the opening package is just a yep. yep. hey adam you say you want a revolution <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> i would have cast Stop. this guy in the best movie ever that a uh, fabulous beatles musical that you're a big big fan oh. of
2: Piss off. Why are you bringing this up now?
0: <laughs> Adam, you know that I would go across the universe to bring you the fuck best beat content uh, possible. And a lot of people out there talk about yesterday. Why don't you give across the universe a try? Because uh if you're uh, sorry, unless you don't want a revolution, that is. You uh, <laughs> think when John Lennon wrote of revolution, that he wore a leather cuff like this
2: lad had, son? <laughs> you've put me all over the place now, getting me thinking about across the universe when we're still in the fucking opening segment of this pay-per-view. Right, but I'm the, not going to be able to do this, Kevin.
0: This, this opening video package where they're meant to be, like, showing you all the stuff that happened at Inception, but obviously, like, I don't know, they didn't get their fucking production package license because there's no... There's no speaking parts. There's no... Nope. There's no explanation. It's literally like... Crowbar jumping slowly off the stage. Yep. Jeff Jarrett... Black and white footage
2: of Grandmaster Sexay making his way to the ring. Like, how exciting.
0: You got Jeff Jarrett. You got babes. You got lots of shots of Disco Inferno and Sour Bret Hart talking about 9-11 set to classical music then. It's just like... <laughs> what the, what fuck? the fuck? Very unfinished. Like, you turn yes. around you're going to go... Now, obviously this is a very early rough draft. (laughs) And on the actual pay-per-view, there will be narration. Because we signed Freddie Blassie and made him head booker as well, so we
2: have (laughs) some. Now, this may be the opening we get on pay-per-view, but it's not the opening the crowd got because the crowd had their show kicked off By the kingpin St. Andrew McManus coming out to the ring and letting everyone know here in the WWA revolution here tonight at the Aladdin Casino and Hotel Resort Las Vegas USA. Tonight, Randy Savage will not be on the show, ladies and gentlemen. He won't be here.
0: Oh, sorry, i was just so, trying to get the dub uh, dub a chant going, and then and Andrew's taking the wind out the of sails there now. Yeah, so it's it's good. I would have liked Andrew McManus to do the Paul Heyman because we don't want to give you Randy Savage when he's feeling a little bit weird about the amount of money that he's been getting in relation to his peers going to WWE, brother. You know, I, I want him to do <laughs> like you know to, to camera, you know, explain it to us. You know, it's not a bad thing that Randy Savage is in here.
2: It's a good thing Randy Savage yeah, is in here. Yeah, totally. Now, apparently, Randy was meant to work this show for free, originally, in exchange for 30% ownership of the WWA, which then became work the show for 50 grand plus 30%, which then became, how about you just have me on the show for 250k and we'll forget about the ownership. They offered him 150 and then he just pulled out three days before the show. But
0: the, the issue there, Adam, is the negotiation is backwards. You start off with like, "Well, we don't have very much money, so or cash to hand, so we'll give you ownership." Okay, how about giving me lots of cash instead? Yeah, let's. <laughs> no, we'll try that. Let's let's think about that now. Yeah, no, we'll get. No, no, we'll have, we'll, we'll throw throw that around the office a bit, now and see What comes back? I think the fact that the audience are shown different things to us. I was gonna say it felt like this happens many times throughout tonight, but. I think it's just the fact that there is a genuine distance between the audience and the production that is, and the, the action that we are given. Yes. Now, WWE, the last time the audience was very bad. And I think we they said were. a lot of the reason was that, was that maybe it was such a wild west show and maybe, you know, not too many wrestling shows coming around that neck of the woods. It would have been a lot of people's first wrestling show. And also it was yeah. a train wreck. So maybe, and also, you know, the, the house mics and all, you can fit the crowd for being like a little bit like, You know, not sure how to react to things. Here, I don't know how you think, but it genuinely feels to me that this is a crowd who maybe hasn't watched wrestling in like the last five or ten years. But we know Hall, we know Nash, we know Randy Savage, we know Bret Hart, we know these names. We see them on a flyer, we show up because they're given a rich, heavy diet of late 2000s WCW and early 2002, 2003, like indie wrestling from the US. And they don't like us. They don't like what they see tonight. And It's it's very hard to
2: pinpoint what they would have liked to have seen. You saying that you don't know if they've watched wrestling in five years or so, I'm not so sure if they've watched wrestling full stop. Because (laughs) this... This show was genuinely really heavily papered. And if you yeah. think about people just walking up and down the strip in Las Vegas, like tourists, and being like, hey, there's a free show on over here if you want to come yeah, see it. You probably it could happens. just get fucking anybody to go and watch it. Like,
0: I mean, the, you see it sometimes with all the TNA shows from you know later on in the, before Anthem took over where they were struggling to fill that impact. So you could tell mm. that they were just lumping in people who were just coming to the park and had an hour to kill. And yeah. I think the people here thought maybe they were told they had an hour to kill and then were given a three-hour pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very small scattered bit of applause at the start that immediately stops. And mm-hmm. then there is fireworks with no music. And then a small round of applause for those. Who have we got on the house mics? It's fucking Jeremy Borash. Going Mm. to the under 13s Hunt ball dance in County Meath With his jazzy shirt and his shell necklace (laughs) And his older Crueler brother Mark Madden is there because none of the boys in his Year will hang out with him anymore So he wants to go and bully some of the children instead And they Are the worst The worst The worst that have ever been I hated These commentators So much this was Everything I hated about both men. And I I went into this thinking I like Jeremy Borash.
3: Yeah. And now I've got yeah. a fucking
0: guidebook on how much I hate this fucker. Oh Jesus. Give me Jerry Lawler. Give me give me fucking Captain Lou from yeah, give me anyone. Give me Tony Schiavone from XWF phoning it in. Like please.
2: Mark Madden. Like, this guy is horrible horrible like i mean he's not a very good commentator but more so than that he's not a very good human being like he's so fucking shitty like
0: he's horrible he is the type of man that the phrase just ignore him was invented for (laughs) he is the reason why twitter gives you the option to have you know, pictures of sports teams in cars instead of actual avatars. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yep. And you will he, get into a big fight with you on Twitter about why his fucking NES collection is better than yours. Like,
0: yeah. and he is the type of man who every, I shit you not, I can count on my hand the number of times that we have tweeted about him or mentioned him in the seven or so years we have been doing this podcast. And without fail, without fail every i'm not exaggerating you know this as well (laughs) every single fucking time a five tweet fucking back and forth i made Mm -hmm. it and you didn't you'll never know about this business and you're just saying like he's a bit of a prick isn't he well i made it and you did not it means nothing it means nothing. Ah, no. What, you can't you, you make can't it pretend. and be a
2: prick? That's impossible, because everyone who's made it is lovely. Is that it? You can't pretend those words didn't cut you to your very core, Kevin. I know how badly you want to make it to the point where you can commentate in the Aladdin casino and hotel, just, and Mars Madden made it, and you fucking didn't.
0: He's just owned me so many times,
2: <laughs> I don't know what to do now. Kevin, me. Kevin. And he'll
0: only own me again.
2: He pwned you is what he fucking no, did, mate. No,
0: no, he stopped that now. Use regular letters. You said you wouldn't <laughs> put a P in there. And you know what? Someday in the future, when technology is caught up with the rest of us, there'll be an ability to search podcasts for your name the way you can do it on Twitter. And you know what, Adam? On that day, it'll be a very awkward set of affairs with Mark Madden, but you'll have to wait in line because Taz and Hardcore Holly and half the 1999 <laughs> roster will be queuing up to talk to why we in our mid-twenties were so horrible. So let it be, but you know, I'm not going to hold... I fucking hate it so much. It's so yep. horrible. Because you yep. know what? There's heel commentary that I can't help but bring myself to be like, oh, I know, he's being a dick there, but Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. fuck you, you made me laugh. Bobby Heenan does it Bobby Je- Heenan You know Jerry Lawler Like sometimes He will make me laugh Just out of like a Lizard brain Like Jesus
2: Christ He but can do it
0: Everything that comes out Of this man's mouth Is mean It's mm-hmm. mean Lawler can make me laugh He absolutely can Every heel commentator Worth their salt Can do it While trying to do The edgy shtick This guy It just never
2: happens and Lola will put over talent and say that people are good. <laughs> Mark Madden just sits there with his fucking arms folded and complains about everyone and shits on everything.
0: And I will say, I'm trying to avoid talking about it ever. This will be—I'll break the rule just in this one instance because of the time frame of where we are at the moment. But with the awkwardness and the fact that there was pervasive silence. And you can kind of hear the echo of the house mics of the guys Mm -hmm. talking, and the the action throughout the night seems to like fall flat. This gave me such strong wrestling in a pandemic vibes. Yep. Absolutely. Because I watched fucking Halloween Havoc 95 a couple of weeks ago for How To, Mm -hmm. and I had the best time just because I got to see an audience again. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I got to see Kobo Hall, you know. But here, it just reminded me of wrestling as it is right now for all the wrong reasons totally start things off and i quote six man elimination cruiserweight survival match okay all right do you remember the one year on 2k when they got rid of all the match modes and said they made match creator mode and you could just
2: like add in
0: all the gimmicks we've got nova we've got low key we got Shark Boy. We got AJ Styles. We got my main man Tony Mamaluke, and we got the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. This is basically TNA's overlooked cruiserweights and ECW's overlooked cruiserweights. I am very excited for these six men. ...to survive...
2: ...legit it's like they got like... ...okay where's the most talented... ...and exciting wrestlers on the roster... ...let's fucking get them out of the way with early... ...so we can get down to some real crap after this...
0: ...I'm very excited and I would say... ...looking at the roster in the matches... ...this is the one that I would say... ...yeah put this one on first... ...bunch of people yeah. who are very talented but the audience won't be familiar with, but we will win them over with a wrestling style. And it's really good that they've done this because Mark Madden on the house mics as well, folks, says that none of these people are famous or well-known. So this match will be very good because they might get a bit of exposure. And he's not saying as a heel, he's saying that like, this is really great because these are a bunch yeah. of nobodies.
2: <laughs> yep. Fucking jerk.
0: <laughs> they have to tag in, which I guess is to be expected, but the rules of this match were not really explained. I don't know what constitutes an elimination survival match as opposed to just an elimination match.
2: This tag gimmick really annoyed me because, like, if they've just done it in a Lucha Libre style where it's like one guy gets in, one guy gets out, that'd be fun. But with this, you've got the referee being a fucking boring stickler. So there'll be a moment where someone hits, like, a huge move and he goes for the pin and the referee's like... I'm not even going to count. And it's like, well, just, you're just being a spoil sport in this really fun match. So
0: this is basically what you would show Billy anytime he goes off on Legal Man Syndrome. It's like, you know, this is... Billy's in the audience going, oh, no, what a world. And that's how the Twilight Zone episode ends. Like. <laughs> you know, the episode is called Legal Man Syndrome, uh, directed by William <laughs> Shatner. So <laughs> there is... A double-edged sword when you're watching a show from this time period and you've got a bunch of names that you really like but you feel they were criminally underrated at the time. Because I love AJ Styles. I love Christopher Daniels. I love Nova. Mm-hmm. I love Tony Mama Luke, But you got to remind yourself, folks... This isn't AJ Styles as you know him. This isn't AJ Styles with his pro controller talking about some articles he read about, hey, man, I heard that disease just doesn't exist anymore, you know? <laughs> I, I, did, I just There's some stuff out there, man, you know? Hey, man, you ever been on Figure Four weekly and you scroll right to the bottom? There's some stuff there, man. There's some stuff. And I mean, you know, I'm not saying that the world is a cube. But I lost Bella <laughs> Belfast in six and a half weeks, man. And, you know, I'm just saying, there's some <laughs> stuff out there. It's not that AJ Styles. It's AJ no. Styles with a chainsaw in Nashville calling Disco Inferno a homophobic slur. That's uh, the AJ, that's the AJ yeah. Styles we dealing with here. And, you know, to the point of the rest of the crew, there are more suplexes and spots where people are dropped on their head in this match then in the rest of the night where there are people i would consider to be much less safe workers coming up later on tony Mameluke immediately gets busted open they smash his yeah. nose he looks war
2: torn from i'd say 30 seconds adam yeah. it's fucking rough it's it's very risky and very rough and not quite got the polish it needs to make this a comfortable watch necessarily no.
0: like do a tag match or a six man with these people to yeah. showcase or whatever but like the thing that really struck me the most, and I I love him, I love Shark Boy as well. Shark Boy was one of a per, perennial cult favourite for me. And I you know Shark Boy got some no in later years doing a great Steve Austin impression, and it always pissed me off because I thought that his gimmick was so like that you could show Shark Boy to anyone, including this audience, and they immediately loved him. He was the most over thing in this match. They loved Shark Boy because mm-hmm. he was a Shark Boy and he bit people on the ass. And Mark Mann is like Shark Boy bites people on the ass. People are like Shark Boy, Shark Boy, yeah. Shark Boy. This really should have made you realise, JB, what the audience was after.
2: Well, yeah, because clearly the audience is very much into this comical, silly, tongue-in-cheek gimmick, which is interesting because obviously that's Shark Boy summed up. I don't know if you know this though, Kevin, but Nova. He's not a cartoon character. Nova's, he's not, Nova. A cartoon character he's anymore, not a cartoon character anymore. He's not a cartoon character anymore. Got a little bit more serious. He's got he's got
0: pants and a coffee and nova i don't know how much about nova that you know from ecw i mean do you know much about nova at all do you know wh- what role he was in wwe in later years
2: no honestly when his name got announced i literally went oh and then i remember that i'm thinking of mini nova from the 1997 shows we're doing at the minute i don't know who nova <laughs> himself actually is so
0: nova would have been in ecw who's part of raven's flock and then he would have also been part of the original blue world order he was okay he was hollywood nova and he also then in WWE later years would go on to be Simon Dean, the character. If you were oh
2: him. no way, yeah. okay. No,
0: would also have a stint in I believe talent recruitment and relationships, like the job that Mark Carrado and Jim Ross and them had over the years. And okay. he is notable for a few things. Number one, he's one of the least like people in the history of wrestling. Also, he's got big Chris Nowinski, tough enough season one vibes.
2: Oh, uh, Okay,
0: Nova's shoot interview where he talks about like how he like paid off his mortgage really early because of the Simon Dean character and like, look at my watch. Do you think I need wrestling? Come on, come oh, on, get, get it. Fucked. You know, like he's one of those real kind of like I don't care if I'm one of the boys because I got I got my car paid off. Like, he's 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 successful uh, and he did it yeah. his way. But Nova was an innovator. Nova could like make up moves in his sleep, and you can see in this match the amount of things Nova does that are so unique. In ECW, mm-hmm. in his later run, and you know most of his run in ECW, he would be known as like the guy who was full of comic book character references. Right. And he'd have like a Venom suit or a Superman suit. He'd be you know from the Krypton galaxy, or you know they would say he was from you know classic places from from comics and and stuff like that. He was very nerdy, and you know he was a fun uh-huh. guy. So now Nova's is meant to be serious here, and Mark Van wants you to know that because he says. Nova, now a little bit more serious. Not a cartoon character.
2: He's like, not a cartoon character. He nah. said
0: it around 12 times. And I watched yep. this show before you did. And I turned to you uh, after I was coming to the end going, bet you have to know us how many times he said, Nova's serious. He's not a cartoon character. And you were like, literally, as soon as you said it, he said it again yep. and started saying it every two seconds.
2: <laughs> yep. It's nonstop. And it's just made even weirder by the fact that he's wrestling fucking Sharkboy. Yeah. Who is the most over person in this match?
0: I did like at one point when his coffee was slapped out of his hand. but That was fun. The, the match did have a lot of Smackdown versus Raw quality because of the repeating commentary and the hit detection being so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Loki gets tagged in. Loki, always lots of fun. A fun guy. So Saw so a great screen cap on Twitter the other day where someone uh, asked him on his Instagram stories, Hey, Loki, would you be interested if a female was to send you some pictures? And he just quote tweeted saying, depends on the female. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Loki, always a great bit of fun. I don't know the shoot interview. I'd, I'd, I'd say you make it out of your way to always watch. Loki, lots of fun. Who gurns as he's chopped in this, which was a good time. Mark Madden constantly undercuts the guys getting heat by yep. just saying, like, you know, ah, this guy, he's not really been on pay. Like, he says no one here has been on pay-per-view before. Which mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure is an out-and-out lie because... That I'm is not, a lie, yeah. I'm not sure if Styles and Daniels, when they had their run on WCW in '01 one if they got onto any of the pay-per-views, I suspect they got a one at least. But Nova's been on pay-per-view countless times. Tony mamaluke has been on pay-per-view countless times. National pay-per-view, what's the fucking deal?
2: There is a bit later on in the match where JB is talking about their accomplishments and the shows they've worked on previously. And Mark Madden literally turns to him and he says... You know, earlier when I said that none of these guys had been on pay per view before, I um, I said that to try and make our pay per view seem more special. And you've just exposed that, and, <laughs> and then JB he... just ignores him and carries on.
0: Did he say it in, like a fun way, where like Paul Heyman would like take off his hat, like JR? Earlier on, I said this. No, and now no. you've, no, you've he, made he me look stupid, JR. He just said it. Uh, you said yeah. it with a lot more like impact and pizzazz than he did.
3: <laughs> and you're not live
0: on pay per view from the Aladdin. So you know, come on, Mark, let's <laughs> pick it up a bit. You know it's a sign of a bad time on, on the wrestling pay-per-view When in the opening six-man contest With six cruiserweights with everything to prove They decide to crowd brawl for ten minutes
2: Yeah, what the fuck That wasn't necessary
0: Loki eliminates Boy with a cool cartwheel kick Which is immediately followed up by Mark Madden Saying, huh, he's like a cheerleader, I guess Whatever They put over the 1995 price tag of the pay-per-view as like a great like like you know what i love about this jb is that it was only 1995 so just in case you're getting that early onset buyer's remorse ten minutes in, you're like, "Oh no, he is—he is right to point that it was only twenty dollars." You're right, Mark. I'll lower my expectations at home accordingly. <laughs> and then he said last night he spent fifteen hundred dollars on uh, six prostitutes, which is fun. Yes,
2: he—he uh, he loves talking about sex workers as Mark Madden. Oh,
0: Adam, and I bet he had sex. I bet he had sex with all six of them as well. So he did.
2: Yay! He's got this energy where he fucking thinks that being disgusting is a personality type and he fucking thrives off of it.
0: AJ Styles really gets some audience reaction, let's just say. Anytime he busts out some of those moves we come to love, like the Styles clash, that is mm. something that was, in O2, completely unseen. Tony Mamaluke gets eliminated, thank fucking Christ. Once we get down to like three or so people, like Nova, Loki, Daniels and AJ we get some really cool multi-man spots from them I and mean, i had to remind myself it was o2 and these are spots that you see like anytime there's multiple people in the ring in wwe or AEW these days
2: now yeah
0: but for back then this was this was changing the style a little bit i mean compared to the mm-hmm. wrestling we see later on here tonight this is like a little whiff of the future
2: Yeah, and it's already a million times better than anything we saw on the Inception. Like, already, this show is a cut above in terms of in-ring quality.
0: There's, like, some cool multiple-person submission spots. Loki does, like, a Tree of Woe dragon sleeper that was really cool here. And you're getting to see a lot of Nova classic here. Like, the stuff where it's, like, someone's doing a move and then he jumps in. Like, when they were both in the submission move and he... It was incredible. You could see he flipped over to, like, the hangman's neck crank. Oh man, and you could see like how his body had tensed up so much, like how hard that was to do, and Mm -hmm. Nova relishes the fact that he can do things that other people can't do and you could see like that the later part of the match here it's all nova this is him putting together the match because he looks really good the top rope styles clash eliminates daniels and nova with kind of a top rope brain buster that really didn't look particularly special compared to other things he could do nova picks up the win the idea being i think he's the crafty veteran to put over the younger cruiserweights later this was probably the best match on the show in retrospect it was for sure not the best way to this is how you present these six guys and make old timers go That style's never going to get over, brother. Too dangerous, too sloppy.
2: Yeah. But I I thought this was an excellent match. And honestly a good start to the show it felt like a good omen that like oh okay maybe the wrestling itself will be better this time
0: huh maybe we will have ir- 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 oh. it's nice. it's a little bit of a revolution we get our first of many cuts to the announce team who seem very shocked that the camera is on them and then even more shocked when the camera decides
2: after they've said their piece to remain on them for pretty much as long as possible quite a long time and also I don't know if you caught this here, but when we cut back to the announcers, the audio quality shifted quite dramatically. Yeah. I think, I might be wrong, but I think they're only going out on the PA here in between matches. I don't think they're going out through the entirety of the the, night. The echo, yeah, does kind of... Although
0: there are matches later on where the audience there, absolutely there are is. hearing it. There definitely yeah. is. There's
2: one match in particular where they are going out on the house mics for a fact, but their voices in that match sound way different than they do in the other matches. Yeah. So I think they cut them for most of the matches, which is good. Yeah, no, that's
0: good because Jesus Christ. I mean, this would have been a hard enough show to watch. I mean, honestly, if I was to re this show, I'd put it on mute. Yeah, you know? legit. <laughs> that's legit. a strong, strong idea right there. They announced that Bret Hart is here tonight. Ooh. And he's announced as Brett Canadian Hero, is here tonight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Poundland uh, toy right there.
0: Uh, Scott Steiner's also here. And Mark Madden says he's like a Michelin statue come to life. Yo, you know, you know when that Uncle Ben is like, yo, Michelin. <laughs> <girl. laughs> And he's like, I hate you, I hope you get shot. <laughs> Sabu is also an answer to me, very, very excited. Yep. Sabu taking on Devin Storm, a.k.a. Crowbar, who's someone, honestly, really, really, really impressed every time I've seen Devin Storm. Yep. You know, He's someone who, I, I feel he never got his chance in the sun and he kind of flowed between companies and never really got to do what he could have done. So him taking on Sabu for me, like that was a little bit of a dream match, I'm not going to lie. He's okay. someone who's known for being a hardcore legend and someone who had the stars aligned for him a bit better would have more of like a hardcore pedigree instead mm-hmm. he was kind of known as wcw hardcore but immediately after that mark Mann says devon stormy may have known this guy the guy who wears the the guy who wears the kind of crazy clothes and he's hardcore and he uses all this kind of weapons and stuff but he said to me that he's trying to get away from the craziness instead opting for technical ecstasy technical ecstasy oh. Technical ecstasy. Ew. Now, what you've had there is technically ecstasy, but that's the thing. <laughs> now this is this is not how you make me excited. You're basically saying, like, again, lower your expectations.
2: Yeah. Speaking of lowering your expectations, JB says something here which I think is a really bad line. Like, he put this very poorly. He says, "We know I hate so what- gay people." Is that uh, what he said? No. no? He says. We know that some of the matches are scheduled to take place, but certainly, as has come to be WWE's reputation, uh, expect the unexpected. He does have a company man brave face on him a lot. Mm. And I'll
0: say, like, I'm not keeping up with the WWE stuff. Like I'm finding out episode to episode where this all goes. Mm-hmm. But if he's on the sinking ship at the end, I will be surprised. Same. Because there were a few moments where you could look at JB and he had that tony Schiavone in 1998 wcw the fuck is going on here vibes except tony Schiavone could wash his hands of it because he wasn't meant to be booking the show Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know so i can think there's probably like an extra layer of stress and frustration with jb not just from the commentary perspective the entrance here for brad hart which the best description could be, Adam, and uh, keep up with me if you can, because I was an N sixty four kid. But this is like if you you boot up SmackDown two and then it crashes. Okay, you know, all right, we got we got to have the wrestler come out. We get the Titantron full screen for around sixty seconds. Then the music stops and then it just goes to black. And then Bret Hart comes out in silence. And then the music just stops entirely. <sighs> it, it was so it was like Bret Hart like for ages. Breeh! Yeah, weedy weedy. and then he like stops, and there's Brett. Hey, and then some fireworks go off.
2: For some reason, almost every person's music tonight is like two minutes too short, and it just ends. This happens so often tonight, where the music just stops, and they're like, "Should, should we play it again? Nah, just leave it. Just fucking leave it."
0: And it, it never before have I seen a show where the music plays when it shouldn't for so long yep. and then never plays when, when it, it should. should it's like it's like they're on a time delay like the people who are doing the sound are on like a really bad Skype call from another mm-hmm. country so there's kind of like a, a little jolt and yeah. then it comes in a bit later I will say I should point out the stage which is something that TNA would Go for a little bit. Has got the heel and face double rampway mm. that kind of goes along the side. It is a very unique entrance way. It kind of combines the TNA dual ramp with the ECW big or old WCW big ramp that goes right up to the ring apron. I like that a lot. Actually, I thought with a better company with more time to think about how to use it some people could think of some really unique awesome things to do at that stage none of which we see tonight
2: true i don't know if that was necessarily a stroke of creative luck, or if it's purely the fact that that's what the aladdin casino setup allowed them to do mm-hmm. like
0: it just it just happened to where it, yeah. it, it does look unique i will say that much so there is something very very unique that has happened in the very specific time period we are in and actually you know what this should probably put to bed any questions we had about if these people were current wrestling fans or not. They definitely are because around about December 01 and January 02, Stone Cold Steve Austin, who by his own admission was drinking a lot of the time. Yeah. I was on my own, uh, my own worst enemy, so to speak. He said what? Mm-hmm. And oh my god, if the WWA is not the first instance of a show outside of WWE being entirely ruined by this fact. Yep. Because at least Adam, as annoying as it was and always will be in WWE, at least in O two I mean I don't were you watching Wrestling in O2 WWE? No.
2: no, I'd stopped at this point.
0: For me, like, what was the most fun thing ever? Like, living what at the time as it was happening? Austin stomping people even going, what, what, what? It was so much fun. I would have killed to be at a Raw or a Smackdown when Austin was there doing classic what stuff. Mm-hmm. But fuck me, hell in a handbasket if I ever want to be in another show where people are like, let's ruin it, yay! And Bret Hart is not happy to be here enough as it is with no. this on top of it. Honestly.
2: And just as a reminder of where we're at storyline wise the last pay-per-view ended with bret hart getting involved in the main event and being like no not this way he stopped Jarrett from winning clean because he he felt bitter and we ended the show with jb and jerry the king lawler on the loud mics going bret hart is bitter he's past it he can't let go of montreal so that's where his character stands at the minute
0: now of course where we are at the moment we are still, mm, I don't know, we're still 11 years later from Bret Hart spitting in the face of Montreal at WrestleMania <laughs> 26. <laughs> but it is a much different Bret. This is Bret in the house who is, he is both happy to be here and see some American fans, but he's not happy to be here with WWA because there's a couple of red flags that pop up in Bret's promo. Hey folks, here I am. I will let you know straight away, Appreciate all the action here in WWE. You know, you just saw that match there. These young guys out there breaking their goddamn necks. And I But he says it in a way where it's like, no, I'm I'm saying it's good that they really, you know, they they do a really dangerous style that shouldn't be in this business. Well, <laughs> so let you know, folks, the Space Cowboy Randy Savage won't be here tonight. <laughs> right. Boo. Some people say I am Macho Madness. Whoa, whoa. Some people say that I am the Macho King. But as a matter of fact, I am the Doctor of Love and the Space Cowboy, yeah. (laughs) Was he ever known as the Space Cowboy?
2: I've never fucking heard that before, honestly. I don't know. It uh, works. Maybe... Like, it makes sense to me when he's like silver 2001 Macho Man looking all weird on the front cover of his album. I get that, yeah.
0: Even some classic yo Macho Man hat and tassels you know repo man's repossessed your sunglasses or whatever he's got a bit of a space cowboy vibe to him i don't know if that was Brett being like oh yeah like like when my, my brother always calls bam bam biglow that fucking space clown and like that's his, that's his way to write him off entirely like Aww. no not him and i wonder if, if brett's like yeah randy savage that fucking space cowboy he ain't gonna be here tonight Boo!" <laughs> and then he's like but i think there should be a replacement in the main event Brett, 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 and it won't be me, boo oh,
2: God, yeah, you really know there are how ways to... to- Do this, Saturn, not like this. Honestly, like Brett surely has enough knowledge of the business to know that there are ways that you can say things and there are ways that you can lead up to a point. And he's doing it all wrong here Yeah
0: now Brett is letting you know Maybe it's the character work Maybe he's letting you know that he's still the heel From the end of the the last show (laughs) Through Grissett's teeth We get the following announcement You know I've always been uh That's him aggressively scratching the corner of his mouth And getting a little bit angry the way Brett does I'm uh partial To the um uh, Second generation wrestlers And uh Jerry Lawler's son is here on the roster and he was um, you know he was on the last tour I guess and uh, yeah Brian Christopher is working the main event tonight he's Jerry Lawler's son
2: <laughs> that's how he says it what a he's big announcement he's working
0: the main event
2: yep because he
0: worked the last tour I guess fuck and me and then uh, just in case you're not finished to get off the chuckle ride and uh, you're on the smile time roller coaster here with Bret Hart he brings up 9-11 come again come on hey. what
2: the f- Fuck! Why? Why, why, why? I get it. In Australia, he felt the need because he was in Australia when 9-11 happened. It kind of makes sense for him to bring that up. Here, we're in Vegas. He's already addressed it. He's already got it out of his system on WWE pay-per-view. And he fucking stops here and he goes, you know i was in australia when the world towers got bombed like what are you
0: on about there's no wait the world towers isn't that the restaurants that they had in times squares he got mixed (laughs) up like you know (laughs) it is it is strange to bring up 9-11 i'm not sure what the angle is maybe he finally got around to watching stephanie's tribute from the 9-11 show you know, folks, in uh, 1993, the uh, federal government came after Vince McMahon like a bunch of hyenas. You know, they were saying he was giving out steroids. It was a bunch of hokey bullshit. <laughs> like, genuinely, if I was to sit down and really pick the brain of Brad, at the, literally at this moment in time, and think, right, if you to come out and just have a chat with the audience and just level with them,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I think the broad strokes of what he tries to do here is actually really admirable. And I did come away thinking, all right, good on you, Brett, because he does say, you know, last time you guys would have seen me in the world wrestling federation, I was kind of known as being like the, the anti-American guy. And, you know, I want you to know the truth is I don't hate America. I've yeah. never hated America. You know, I consider myself a North American and, you know, my mom is from New York. She's American. You know, he was, He's very upfront about it. And, you know, in a roundabout way, I don't know if people know it or not. I think we mentioned WWA, but Brett did lose his mom because of 9-11, because yeah. her medication was taken away from her because her flight was canceled and she wasn't able to have it in time and she passed away as a result mm-hmm. of that. It was very, very sad. And I thought, you know what? If you're going to break the fourth wall and kind of go, look, here I am. And I did like that he said, you know, you know, I never thought, you know, given what I've done, I'd ever be in front of an American audience again. So this is kind of special. And the, there are some people in the crowd who do boo him yes they're like all throughout this like of your phony or ever but he does win across the audience a bit i do think if there is one minutiae of positivity or healing that brett gets across in this very very bitter time and again everything's happened with owen and all that besides mm. plenty of reason to be bitter right now i think it, it was a positive that brett did go out of his way to say that even if it wasn't quite an awkward way
2: yes but then, even with the nice sentiment there, he kind of rambles on and then ends up spoiling it. I, I think because he starts getting just into just bring up Canada beating the
0: U.S. in the in the hockey, in yeah. the U.S. Uh, losing the Winter Olympic Games. Boo! <laughs> we take back everything nice you said. Yeah,
2: and then he's saying about how like Canada beat America for the gold medal, and then but no, maybe Canada. And everyone else around the world can help America. They can lift America up. And uh, hey, I, t- I tell you what, how about Canada takes the gold medal and then uh, the Americans can take Osama Bin Laden any way they want him. And that's like his final line. It's like, wait, what kind of trade is this? Have you got the, Bin Laden now? Like, Is
0: that a winter? I, I mean, I knew it's not an Olympic sport, but I guess I've never gotten Mario and Sonic at the Winter Olympics. So I don't know if capturing <laughs> and killing osama bin laden uh, and i I
2: quote that's totally a flash game that's a flash game on miniclip.com like mario kills bin laden or something
0: (laughs) i just love the way he phrases it because he's like you know a lot of people want to get their hands on bin laden i just want to say amen to that brother amen like don't (laughs) say things that will really underscore how canadian you are amen brother yeah i know what you're saying there man come on let's go see the alphabet A, B, C, (laughs) D, E, F, G. Like, in Ireland, a lot of us do pronounce A as A. Like, that's how yeah, I would yeah. have been taught it. Like, I I don't know about you. In it was, was R man it was... in
2: my school as well, yeah. Oh, but
0: as in the letter, A. Oh, like, it's not a. a. No, it's just A. Yeah. Ah ah a, a. a is what we had. Yeah, a, but... I was American because I said A.
2: But you lot have difficulty with the word A, don't you?
0: And I also, as well, in the same school, as well as getting trouble for saying A instead of A, I also got in trouble for drawing a four, like the Channel 4 four.
2: But that's uh, a great said... four! That's it's a Kraken 4. four. Yeah. Right. If
0: it was the meme and it's me and that fucking loser stepladder 4, I'd be looking over my shoulder going, Ooh, channel 4-4 four, four of Euro Trash fame and whose line is it anyway? Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna draw that. I had to fill out an entire A4 page of graph paper with channel 4-4's four, punishment. Come on. Have all the fours in the world. <laughs> I love him here when he's talking about Osama Bin Laden. He gets all passionate. he's like, What if we take Osama bin Laden and kick his freaking ass? And then we we tie him up and we give him to the Americans. And you can have him any way you want him. And you know what, Osama bin Laden? You've never been on Simpsons. (laughs) I've been on Simpsons. And then he just kind of like shuffles off like an old man. Yeah. Then Mark Madden goes, well, you heard it here, folks. Main event has been booked. And we all know Brian Christopher can
2: dance. That's how you book cool. a main event. That's how you book and announce the new last-minute change to the main event. Backstage,
0: and I thought I could avoid saying it, but they say it here so many times, we don't have fruits and suits here tonight, folks, Mm-mm. but we do have uh, we do have little people, yep. and, you know, WWE in 1997 have managed, for the most part, with the exception of Jerry Lawler, to find a decent presentation for these folks, and put them over as athletes with Jim Ross saying they're athletes they're mm-hmm. athletes they're athletes mm-hmm. well they are as far as the WA concerned they're midgets that's it that's the be all end all whatever you would have thought of that or someone writing a South Park episode in 1987 would think about it that's the level we're at here folks it's crude mm-hmm. low-hanging fruit it's that fucking humour where the punch sign is ha Small! yep and fuck me if this ain't some cruel dark-sided shit
2: yep and they are gonna squeeze as much juice out of that as they can they're gonna squeeze all the juice out of the joke that these people are smaller than average people how do you fall behind wwe five years five
0: years adam yep and you wouldn't mind 1997 like it's not as if like that's a particular golden clean whistly era like this is a dodgy dirty time like mm-hmm. there's some real dodgy shit vince russo's one of the head writers and yep. yet still in 2002 and we've got another classic moment here where alan funk has turned into the unrecognizable hulk hogan parody because that's what we need in 0 yeah he's the funkster brother
2: okay why are we doing this
0: The Funkster's got a big match coming up on pay-per-view, brother.
1: And the Funkster is going to teach you guys how to wrestle, brother. Because the Funkster, dude, he don't need no trash cans, he don't need no light bulbs, he don't need no kendo sticks, brother. I got the most devastating finish in the business, the big leg drop. And when I drop it, brother, I've dropped 700-pound men with it. I've sold out arenas worldwide, brother. I've hoisted a 700-pound man over my head. It made the earth move, brother. So when the Funkster goes out here tonight, he wants you Puppet and UTO to take note of a real wrestler. And don't worry Puppet, the Funkster is going to teach you how to drop the leg on somebody someday. But I haven't forgot UTO, I got a video for you brother, $49.95. You can watch the Funkster pose, the largest arms in the world brother. And as the Funkster walks out to the arena tonight brother,
0: what you gonna do
3: brother now
0: i love a good wrestler thinks he's someone else storyline yeah i yeah. think that's fun I've, I've enjoyed those immensely when damien sandow did it when charlie haas did it i never think it's been done in a way where it's it's been as good as it can be i think damien sandow they they circled the drain a little bit of like you can make this be riveting like mm-hmm. the man who has to be someone else to to be himself and they never really gone into the psychology of it or like why he would want to do that no. like i feel there's a great story to tell there i think when mickey james started dressing up as tris stratus and like dyed her hair blonde and started doing all of her mannerisms like that shit is really interesting to me this guy is just hulk hogan
2: he is he just, just is he just is and he he looks good he does he looks visually
0: yeah he's hogan he's got the the, yeah. the stringy
2: flappy straight silvery blonde hair and mm-hmm. But he ain't got the charisma. He hasn't got this... There's like... Just all you need to do, Hogan, is the sort of... The the words, like, brother, dude, Jack, the voice, yeah. and just put yeah. a bit of an oomph into it. And he just doesn't quite have that oomph, I don't think.
0: No, it's like... He's got the same level of commitment to it where... When Steve Austin did a Hulk Hogan impression in ECW, mm. but... The whole thing of that gimmick was that he was doing a thousand impressions and he was doing them very aggressively and he didn't care that they were good. He was just full of spite and venom yes. and he had to get it out of his system. He's just not good enough at doing it. And also as well, I think Hogan is, is deserving of parody as the next person. I feel that Hogan being parodied is like, it's good for the soul of wrestling. Yes, just it is. I think Like Hollywood Nova and the Blue World Order. That was like, I feel people don't give that credit of like how important it was just to see these these guys who are unquestionably just being perceived as titans of our industry Mm -hmm. and just making a bit of fun yeah you know i think big targets need to be made fun of but like let's be honest hogan's not done anything for the last two years his name's in the dirt a little bit because of bash the beach Mm -hmm. he's literally about to come back for probably the best late career run that anyone's ever had in 2002 nwo rocket wrestlemania 18 world champion mr america i mean come on the the guy's literally getting a ticket he can write for himself and will be perceived by the wrestling world as doing very well indeed yes this isn't alan partridge bouncing back this is literally hogan did have a good bounce back he did And I think parody only works when the person is either doing so well they need to be taken down a peg or doing so badly that it deserves ridicule. Not when they're like on the uptick and about to do very, very well indeed. It actually seems mean to Hulk Hogan, who I hate.
2: Yeah, it just feels weird and unnecessary and just, yeah, it doesn't make any cultural relevance right now to be doing this.
0: Because it's 80s Hogan, it's not like later Hogan. It's very specific, like, you know, whistle in the mouth, you know, doing the arm flexes left and right every time. It's very classic Hogan. And any time you do a parody where I can imagine the person who's the subject of the parody looking at it and going, you guys
2: are so desperate. Honestly, that's it. This won't hurt Hulk Hogan's (laughs) feelings in the slightest. And if it's not going to hurt Hogan's feelings, why fucking bother?
0: But we get the line that really separates this from every other little parody we've ever done A Hulk Hogan Adam what has happened to the Alan Funk We knew Who, who is Alan Funk <laughs> Who is he He's, Do you remember Queewee From WCW
2: Queewee no
0: did we cover Cwee-wee? him on a show
2: I think he may have been on a
0: WWA show or very briefly on a, on a Russo WCW show. Okay. Give him a quick Google there. He was the very stereotypical, he plays a gay character. When he's not as gay as you think he is. Why? And Vince Russo had a lot of fun with that character. And I mean, he's obviously he's got quite range because he is unrecognizable as the funster here. Mm-hmm. But that is
2: Queewee, yeah. I Sorry, I just typed in. Oh wow! Okay, I typed it in thinking there's no way it's spelt like this, and that is exactly yep. how it's spelled. It is K W E E W E E, Quwi. Yeah, there he is. Ain't he great? Well, yep. Yeah, that's I'm certainly looking at Alan Funk's Wikipedia page right now. There he you is. don't recognise
0: the man with the the hair? He had his Quwi. Was pretty kind of like you know, it, it's quite like bombastic. Yeah, he had I kind of recognise striking it. look.
2: Kind of like a fighting game character, like a Guile or a Paul from Tekken, something like that.
0: Pretty much like Lenny and Lodi, their character. That was his character, but then it'd be like you know, with a bit of gold dust. Oh, he's not gay. So we got legends of the WCW Hardcore Division colliding as Reno, the hometown boy, not from Reno, Nevada, from Las Vegas, Nevada, taking on the Funkster, who is he the bad guy or because i thought reno hometown boy he's the good guy the delusional yeah. hulk hogan guy he's the bad guy right
2: i don't think faces and heels mean a fucking thing in the wwa kevin honestly nope maybe in the main event maybe
0: as the Funkster is coming out we get a great line here i'm not sure if it's intentional or not where he says i loved him in three men and a Ninja." which is a combination of three men and a little lady and or three three men and a baby i should say and three ninjas high noon on mega mountain with hulk hogan Mm -hmm. Uh, these are both power plant graduates so at least one of these men has seen louis through get sick (laughs) bit of an issue with the hogan parody adam the funkster does like 90 percent non-hulk hogan moves
2: yeah it doesn't you know if this would have been like a 60 second 90 second match you come out you do your hulk hogan yeah. shtick and win that'd be fine oh, and you
0: had the rights to real american with you know, jimmy hart could do this in yeah. the xwf because you know,
2: it doesn't read it really he's wearing
0: doesn't. purple and orange
2: yeah like i don't think the audience think he's meant to be hogan do they get it i don't know because like waist up yeah he looks like hogan waist down he looks kind of like ultimate warrior or something it's very confused
0: but later on in the match, he does do like you know the point, and he does do you know the, the oh, cupped yeah. hand. Mm-hmm. He does the he does the big leg drop. But like early on in the match, here's here's a sentence I never thought I'd write: worst alley oop ever.
2: Oh wow, that's saying something
0: big show just like you know don't worry brother no one's taking that finish you know i mean you can do it man but you can't do it like a pro i don't know why you bother doing it man i know? mean
2: yeah B- big show would be fucking tutting away to himself here he can do a better hogan he can do a better alley-oop he's got it all kevin he can. yeah
0: i want to see big show dressed as the showster doing the alley-oop at backlash 2000 not this shit we get some like moves like a reverse body slam where reno gets dumped on his head and like there's a lot of dangerous moves here and at this point i wrote sensing danger reno begins dumping funk on his head as a protective measure
2: (laughs) that'll show him
0: but like these two men just start killing each other they do it's so fucking bad
2: we get our grunt of the night actually around here kevin yes there's there's a bit where funk goes and gives reno a big old massive hip toss and reno does a very short tom and (laughs) jerry-esque just real quick while he's in the air
0: when the funkster starts hulking up We don't say that he's funking up. He's funking it up, is what we say.
2: Again, just this parody just is, you're so slightly off the mark that it's infuriating. Like
0: Like you're fucking it up when you're saying funking it
2: up. Legit. You are. You actually are.
0: And you know what as well, I don't know, it's because I love him so much, but like Uncle Terry, he's the Funker, the Funkster, or the Funkarino, or the Grand Marshal of Funk, whatever he wants to call himself, really. Mm-hmm. If Terry Funk comes out and he goes, God damn it, I'm Flash Funk, you you know what, he can have it. I feel he has he has ownership over that name, like, you yeah. know? The one thing I did like was when he funked up a second time, mm-hmm. then JB said, he's funking it up again. Yep. Which I think was the workshopping as to why we went with funking it up as opposed to funking it up. Because funking it up again makes more sense than funking up again.
2: It makes more sense just to not bother doing it more than once. He fucking hulks up three times and every time it falls completely flat.
0: Well, like, you know when you have to retweet the same tweet over and over again until people really get it? <laughs> and they didn't get it those first two times. And now it's 6pm and the Americans have woken up, so we're going to give it another <laughs> word, <whirl>, Yeah. <laughs>
2: reno with his finishing move the roll of the dice nice and how appropriate it would be here in casino magic i mean aladdin's casino
0: i <laughs> like as well as that after you did the roll of the dice mark Madden went yeah my mom caught me rolling the dice a few times if you know what i'm saying because i was beaten off in there you know
2: rolling the dice Rolling the dice rolling the dice
0: Look at oh, Come on, sometimes we go in there, we feel the two cubes, you know. And, uh, little, <laughs> you, know you know, you give
2: them a little jostle around and then yeah. throw them. You put you both know? your balls between both your hands, cup together, and shake it around. Like. Give a good.
0: And then sometimes, for luck, you blow on them. And yeah, then you
2: throw them. and it hurts, and that makes you a real man.
0: G- good job there, Martin, for the relatable <laughs> sequence. No, 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 because guys, a lot of people who watch this will have masturbated. So, you reckon? You know, Nah. Yeah, I so. nah, I reckon so. I reckon so. Not There's a, There's a bishop they're gonna have be beaten up mercilessly later on. And For then There's uh, a uh, the gobbledygook is gonna come out and get like choked by Taz later right. on. You know, we get the Hogan sequence which doesn't read to the no. audience. Then he does a pile driver in the middle of it, and then the leg drop. Funk wins, and then to kind of really hit home the parody. If you didn't get it mark madden says this reminds me of hulk hogan versus yokozuna uh,
2: hulk hogan that must be it that's the oh one. okay that's the and one there was
0: one really good line here from jb this was really funny and very sharp but unfortunately it came after you kind of ruined the joke by just saying it's hulk hogan where he's like huh god i hope vince russo doesn't show up here he might get a bit upset start screaming and cursing you know okay. like kind of saying oh bash at the beat yeah that was good yeah but if you're name dropping vince russo to get your hulk hogan gimmick over mm. it's probably not for everyone <laughs> is it <laughs> head backstage adam a limo's arrived who could it be uh, it's scott steiner who looks very tired and that he is not showered mm. and six women is any of those women in Medasia? no she's not here she's tonight. not here I, I'm really disappointed. I'm a bit obsessed with Medesia, like, just because of... I can't remember where we found it out, but we mentioned on an episode about how she met Cole Cabana as she was working as an air stewardess and left, like, a note saying, I was Scott Stein's manager. It was on I our know.
2: recent Are We There Yet? book report. Yeah. Well we, we brought her up, yeah. And no, she's not even here tonight. I mean... Madeja's part of the
0: act right. I mean what the fuck right I mean maybe maybe Madeja's got the big time Warner contract they want to get her out of there like, you know, well, I but, mean uh,
2: if you remember She's the one that wrote a letter to St. Andrew McManus and it said My man is coming signed Madeja Like she should be here
0: My man is coming he'll take that bag With the 700,000 he'll say It's his <laughs> and because of Scott's Big time Warner money he's a man of Means it'll be absolutely fine you know although i caution anyone to not involve scott steiner in their fraud because he may not ace the police interview (laughs) an academy award win performance huh (laughs) (laughs) i mean look here's the thing right scott steiner he shows up here with six women and you know scott steiner he showed up at at wcw during those later periods with like sometimes with tigers sometimes with 10 women I am obsessed with the fact that Medeja managed to be there and still be that kind of seen, not heard, you know, valet. Like, she wasn't doing promos and stuff. Mm -hmm. But she managed to be with him for so long. That's the thing I find weird. That, like, Steiner, who people were legitimately scared of at the time, that he managed to have this valet who seemed to, I don't know, not get thrown to the curb like everyone else who touched or came close to Scott Steiner's orbit at the time. So hence the kind of bit of a fascination that you could be... You know, when a wrestler is known as being the fucking dirt worst and, like, mm. unreliable and aggressive and hard to work with, when you manage to find someone who's, like, your go-to and she's there for, like, a couple years? I don't know. That's interesting to me. But obviously not enough to bring her to Las Vegas, Nevada. Apparently not. Oh, great. Disco Inferno's here. Everyone's favorite, Glenn Gilberti. What conspiracy theories have you read this week, Glenn? Let's talk. Disco Inferno calls Brian Christopher, and I quote, a jacked-up spaz! Okay. And then he, uh... We hear that word a lot tonight, we do. folks. It's uh, it's it's this snoochy boochy of uh, of this of this pay per view. It's got uh, an open challenge. I legitimately hope security or the police would answer the open challenge. <laughs> just praying. You ever, you ever like just come to a restaurant? And you're praying there's a warrant in the state for them, like yeah. not even a legitimate one, like. <laughs> Like he paid his parking ticket but there was a mix up and yeah. then there's still a warrant that's been on the bench all this time. I was like, but I gotta go explain this. But you won't be here while you're doing it. No, unfortunately. Damn it. He's here all night. He just drops the open challenge and then joins him on commentary. So he's here now. Great. Two heel commentators. Honestly. Just like this show needs. Oh, that's a- Adam, Adam, Adam.
2: We get a nice long shot of all three of our announcers just... And it's like, again, the camera stays on them for way too long. And they're clearly like, well, that's just finished what we're talking about. Let's cut back. And they don't cut back. They just have to keep filling in time and they fucking suck at it. And JB tells us that that band that kicked off the show earlier with the revolution song.
0: You, what, you, sorry, what do you mean when they
2: started the revolution, you mean? When they started the revolution, Tantric, they have now set off on tour... With Creed, Creed tantric, baby, Tantric—they're actually called—they're actually called Tantric. Yep, Tantric now just, on tour with Creed.
0: The secret to Tantric sex is just to very slowly say
2: "revolution,",
3: Revolution.
0: In, look her right in the eyes as you're saying it. Yeah, yeah you last
2: all night over. that way, like all night long. Yeah. You look her
0: square in the eyes, say "revolution," two heel commentators, and here's the problem with JB. He's not able to stand up to the two men who are clearly destined to ruin this show even nope. more. Anyone could tell you. It's like it's like when you have an indie show and everyone wants to be the fucking the badass heel who yeah. like is really cool and yeah, you know, it's just you know when you go to a wrestling show and everyone comes out dressed the same because like what's your character oh I'm the i kind of, like the shooter of this crew of this, this small organization oh you and like everyone else who thinks they're as well Yeah. like or the amount of times where I've listened to like little indie groups where they've got really interesting performers I want to see but then the two commentators on the rock band mic like yeah I'm, I'm the guy with the sunglasses I'm a bit of a heel big actually personality
2: I'm like, yeah
0: I'm also a bit of a big personality and I remember when I did my very brief little wrestling thing with, with Fight Like Apes and the wrestlers who I was there with and it's like there's are like there's a bit of an epidemic of like crap jesse venturas with you know (laughs) sunglasses and crazy hats and all these shows so i'm like okay even on his worst day jb could look and see this won't work no surely surely this you know what would be really funny in the ministry of silly walks sketch is that if we got another john gleese and he was doing (laughs) even sillier walks and they were like competing to see whose walk is the silliest and graham chapman (laughs) can't get a word in (laughs) <laughs> oh, God. and you know what i love as well is that the two of them are trying to be healing each other like oh uh, don't go easy on me out there disco like oh don't worry i'll, I'll give you a few barbs mark because we have fun don't we hey mark madden you're out here you're embarrassing yourself and you else embarrass themselves the u.s hockey team who i believe you're close personal friends with the coach of that team actually and he's like oh disco stop busting my balls i may be close personal friends with the coach of the u.s hockey team and have been for for many years actually but that is no oh. bearing on the fact that they may have messed up here today you know and, uh, how's, how attractive is your wife disco could you, oh. could you really show us a picture oh don't be doing that oh you oh you guys healing it up
2: madden then says
0: disco's got a big nose
2: fucking brilliant this is can we get another five minutes of this please lads before we get to any more wrestling
0: I'll tell you what instead because you've been good Adam you can have another 50 seconds of them just looking in the camera It's been too long <laughs> after that like literally you can see them kind of looking at each other going that was good wasn't I'm really excited to do heel commentating with you heel commentator
2: <laughs> well okay with that finally behind us now let's get on to another match coming up next we've got chronic chronic chronic
0: Chronic in the house, Adam! And look, if Chronic wouldn't be here, it's gonna be good, clean fun, right? There's gonna be any dirty, nasty stuff here. Got Chronic coming out, and their opponents... The unknown Native Blood, who are two Native American wrestlers from the Navajo Territory of, in California. And uh, they come out to a bossa nova music that yep. came free with JB's keyboards.
2: And if you lean in and listen carefully, you can hear Mark Madden actually licking his lips because he knows he's going to have some fucking fun with Native American shtick right now.
0: Now, here's the thing. I would have thought stupidly i thought right, it's 2002 it's it's known that you can't say certain things mm-hmm. right surely by these folks even that base level should be there and when i heard them say and i heard all three of them say native americans mm-hmm. i was like okay well look if they're they're saying native americans surely where the bar has been maybe just hit at that exact low enough level that if they're gonna say that then maybe it's going to be okay Mm. and they're coming out and they're like these two are native americans these tag team and then disco inferno goes yeah no casinos for them down here we're not on the reservation anymore oh no there it is whoa it's amazing you were able to get so much misinformed hate uh Mm. before high-speed internet uh glenn (laughs) that's it's a real commitment (laughs) to the to the darkness i might say like you know (laughs) pretty impressive chronic show up and of course chronic
2: who are fresh off their hot run in the world wrestling federation adam oh they will be actually yeah they'll have have actually just finished working this last summer with Booger red and Kane. i didn't realize that yeah and now folks prepare yourself for what is
0: no doubt up until this point the most cursed line that has ever been uttered on commentary by anyone involved in wrestling ever No politics, no backroom dealing here tonight. This is chronic being chronic, and that's the way it's meant to be. What? Now, they're implying, I take it from this, that they had a bad run of it in WWF because of politics the bullshit and the backroom dealing Adam the only reason they got a job yeah. was because Undertaker did a deal in a back
2: room to get him on pay-per-view legit like that is exactly the reason they were even a part of the invasion was because of politics is he try- trying to put them down in a heelish way sort of saying like oh here we go here they are tonight no politics no backroom deals this is chronic the way they're meant to be fucking shit is what they are mate <laughs>
0: Because, like, when they were saying, oh, you know, they, they had their hands tied, I was like, oh, well, yeah, because when they wrestled the match, they did work and sell like they had, like, their arms tied or they had been, like, restrained in some, you know, <laughs> like, the, the, the you know, those really hard to remove plastic tags when you get yeah. a muscled up statue in the mail to keep it, you know, solid <laughs> in the packaging and the housing. Maybe that's what they meant. But, like, I can't think of any more... Ba- blatant politics than chronic appearing in the wwf and chronic being shown the door almost immediately was actually one of the few instances of like the politics not sticking and not working where they said look you may be mates with undertaker the bsk for life and yeah. all that represent one time let me hear it but you're shit yeah so that's fuck not off. enough
2: you gotta go like
0: and maybe i don't know maybe they got it worked and maybe you know mark man is like can you believe what stephen richards did to my boys chronic can you believe the <laughs> politics and the bullshit of <laughs> stephen richards you know, that he would take chronic and ruin them like that <laughs> there's so many native american jokes and like it's a Honestly. race it's a race to get them all out it, it are really are like, is oh, it oh, genuinely no, no, no. is no, 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 Chief J Strombo ha, 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 remember him? He, Chief J Strombo ha,
2: ha, ha, he isn't even Native American. Three times in this match, three times, JB has to explain to either Mark Madden or Disco Inferno where these lads are from, because they literally keep I, saying stuff like, where do they come from anyway? Where do they come who from? Who
0: are these? Ew. They just, like, name drop every single Act you can think of in wrestling history mm-hmm. I, you know except for like you know legitimate native americans like Tatanka and stuff like that it's all like kind of oh let's bring up your chief jay and they bring up like the conquistadors and you know they just bring up all these like random stupid shit and disco is got a man on a mission first move of the match they hit him from behind oh look a sneak attack from the native Come americans on. can't say i'm surprised guys and Fuck like me. no one's calling them out And it like jb's not saying no. stop it and these guys are total jobbers as well i would say they they look like they've had probably three months of experience yeah. they have that serious like tough enough season one quality to them and chronic beat the shit out of them
2: i will say in native blood's defense they do manage to make chronic look like muscled up statues like they do bump around for more so than kane and taker yeah yeah i think that's what it is i think that kane and taker set the bar so low for chronic that anyone else seems quite impressive by contrast
0: california gets mentioned again which again confuses disco inferno and then jb tries to the best of his knowledge to explain the fact that there are you know there are reservations locations within the states, and a lot of. I mean, it's, really, it's so fucking sad. Like he didn't even really talk about any of the history of Earth like that. I mean, nope. I was expecting a history lesson on commentary or for them to talk about this at all. But like, entire tribes were relocated, and mm-hmm. the Navajo was one of those tribes. It's kind of a sad story. And then he taught He said like, oh, you know, they had to spit them up. And they were all moved around. They had to redraw the territory lines and stuff like that. And then Disco Inferno goes, "What huh? redistributing the territories? Ain't that where Belarus came from?" and belarus is one of the countries that would have formed after the breakup of the soviet union i like you know what no offense to disco inferno or the copy of the economist he read that one time he was in <laughs> cnn towers but uh clearly go fuck yourself now then and forever and always <laughs> we get the worst full nelson slam ever from frail whale brian adams who looks like he's about to die while giving the maneuver from a man who's legitimately two feet shorter than him and probably 100 pounds lighter
2: wait a minute now that's not the move because i I don't know exactly what the move was i've not written down a description for it here but i have written down here that at some point brian adam hits the fatty boom batty (laughs) Yeah, that was it. That was it. Because he couldn't, he couldn't lift
0: him up. He couldn't lift him up because the shipment of fucking venom hadn't come in from from from, from poison ivy. You know, Uma Thurman was a bit busy that day, so he hasn't gotten his. He was too frail, so he tried to pick him up, and, went, and then his fucking arms and legs fell off. He says, "Fatty boom batty for a guy who's legitimately much, much, much lighter. Mm. Like, what the fuck? So, sorry, he's fat because this guy who fucking oh. eats weights for breakfast can't pick him up.
2: No, 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 no. Fatty Boom Batty is a weed reference, mate. That's... What? <laughs> what? For the sake of, like, anonymity, there is a guy that me and Kevin used to know, back in Lincoln, that I heard him on one occasion, he referred to a joint as a Fatty Boom Batty.
0: <laughs> he's obviously a very cool, cool dude indeed, like... <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm not up to date. Like, even though I've watched all the Kevin Smith movies, I'm not up to date. on my crude under the toilet humor and references. The guys managed to get a little bit of offense in on Chronic, which I didn't think we'd get. Some miserable double drop kicks. They do the double team move when you put together a tag team in a wrestling game, and you don't give any moves like the drop toe hold, the slow elbow drop. You know, Uh, disco.
2: Oh, almost
0: made it! Almost nineteen seconds before the end, he calls them Indians. Ooh, oh, close, Glen! You
2: nearly had almost, it. Almost,
0: almost there. And then afterwards, he calls them young bloods, and then conquistadors in quick succession. So hopefully, he just slipped it in there, you know. Get fucked. We get the pump handle slam by Adam Bomb. The meltdown. The pin gets broken up, and then we get high times. And when they hit high times, Mark Markman goes. Whoa, ma'am, that's some marijuana,
3: dude. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I don't know he got He got a <laughs> laminish pull out from his edition of High Times uh, Weekly. <laughs> it was uh, the sister issue of Buds and Babes magazine. And it had uh, lingo
2: for the cool
0: dudes. <laughs> yeah, do you, do, you, do you smoke weed, Mark? Is that, that's cool. That's really that cool. Is that pretty is pretty fucking
2: cool. That is That guy's tough.
0: 2002 is a time where, like, you know, weed was used as a joke in everything. Mm. Everything! You know, and it's, it's fine. You know, I watched the Kevin Smith movies and I didn't get it at all. I just thought it was funny and silly and, you know, it was dumb jokes. But, like, it's so cringy here. And, like, I, I cringe at a lot of the old Kevin Smith stuff, but at least the pot stuff, it just feels like it exists in that universe and it's fine. Yeah. But here, it's like my skin was being pulled away from my body, strand by fucking strand. Yeah. Oh
2: my God. I think because nowadays, with it being legalized in more and more places across the states, and it's become like a normalized thing where like celebra- it's so normal, yeah. celebrities openly talk on Instagram about like, how, oh, I got high last night and watched this. Like, it's so normal that it's no longer... Like when you look back at stuff like this where it's gonna be like, we're pretty cool because we smoke weed even though you're not meant to. Like, it seems so fucking shit.
0: Like, it's it's such a non like taboo thing now. Like, as far as I can, I watch a lot of late night shows from America. Like, I'll mm. i watch, you know, Colbert, I'll watch, you know, Daily Show, I'll watch a bit of Seth Meyers here and there. And like they will like for me, if the late show monologue which i believe in its form is like the purest form of like the zeitgeist of america at the time just of like here's what we talk about here's what's in the news here's what we find funny yeah and they make they make jokes about it the way that like johnny carson would make a joke about having a few too many drinks back in the day Mm -hmm. you know it's just like it's just a thing now for it here to be like mark Madden. it's like you know like when you're masturbating and you don't want mom to find out yeah you're a grown-ass man (laughs) here man you (laughs) fucking loser it's so lame we end the match Hopefully, we'll end the show. We get the line of the night. Nice. That was great to see, guys. No politics for Chronic. Glenn Gilberti is like, yeah, and uh, no win for the native whatchamacallits.
2: Uh, I've, I've got a note here that I'm quite pleased with um, disco insufferable. <laughs> uh, I also have disco dick face, if you want to use that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh and just just in case like you know the quick kind of like i just gonna say something else to make you forget about all that horrible shit i said about native americans he's like hey brian christopher he's a jacked up spaz
2: again great one more time
0: i love i love it's like it is really like smackdown versus raw where like you get the line about it, like oh finley he's from northern Ireland. i don't like the look of that peace process cold yeah you
3: know?
2: <laughs> the sound bites. I,
0: let's hear it over and over and over and over and over again in 10 minutes We got another long shot of Madden, Disco, and JB, Mm. JB corpses, at which point I lost all respect for him, but they (laughs) made him laugh with their banter. Yeah, yeah, come
2: on. Surely you're above that.
0: You have just become Richard Hammond in this group of terrible (laughs) men. Your silence said plenty. Your little smirks speak
3: volumes.
0: (laughs) Oh, we're gonna do a joke about ice cream and gay people. Oh, I'm game for that. Come on, lads it was at this time I spent a little bit of a moment looking in the audience see if I could find any signs to find a little bit of respite there was one that said where is the franchise and I answered in my head in Nashville getting sick wait is he really I would have run TNA time they're vomiting in the ring oh my peak- god that was him peak franchise yeah. full of life laughing wearing a big coat getting sick it's his Robert Baratheon <laughs> phase I like to call it let's go backstage which is the magic word to say leave a camera on me for 20 seconds please mm? yeah when I was watching this, and I, it took me a long time to watch it, folks. It took me five hours on a bank holiday to watch this fucking show. Five hours to watch all two hours, 39 minutes of mm-hmm. it. And I started thinking about fun things we could do in the episode to, to have a bit of fun when we have to edit this. And I thought, oh, why have I did a thing where every time we mentioned a backstage bit, we left like 10 seconds of awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> so you could get the authentic WWA experience. <laughs> but no. Yeah, I'm not going to sabotage no, my own show Just because they want to sabotage theirs
2: yeah.
0: So it's uh, the Red Rooster And he's backstage with Puppus, the midget killer Okay Midget balloon guy, you got a bad attitude don't you? Give me the mic before I use your balls In the speed bag
1: Yes, this is Puppet the Psycho Dwarf. Midgets are the true stars of America. When we came out of our mother, the doctors and the nurses just stopped and stared. When I was a little child, I would weeble wobble down the street. Everybody would stop and stare. My ultimate goal in life is to destroy every midget, every weeble wobble that walks in America. And then, when they're broken down, I will be the true star of America god bless america
2: (laughs) so we cut back to terry taylor who i I didn't realize that he was associated with this at this point in time but terry taylor's here with puppet good good
0: name to have like it's it made me sad to see terry here
2: yeah i felt bad for him yeah but he looks at puppet and the first thing he says is midget he just I'm looks sick. at him and he says, Midget, you're, 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 you're fighting T.O. tonight. Like, dude, come on. Like, You're just looking at him like,
0: eh? eh? So pretty much Puppet's job here is to do kind of like what Sonny and Sable did for women in 1987, which is like, I'm here to give you a crude estimation of what this whole thing is, and I'm gonna make it almost impossible for anyone else similar to make it in this business because of the standard I have set.
2: Honestly, yeah, he's kind of part of the problem here, and I don't know if this is something that he's been coerced into doing or if this genuinely oh, no. is what his shtick is. He's comfortable with this. Puppet the midget killer
0: is a name I'm actually familiar with, Adam. Oh Would okay. You believe? Okay. puppet the midget killer showed up in tna in its early runs in nashville and i say this having seen a lot of shit in those early tna days mm. that he is one of the most crude hard to watch and disgusting acts i've ever seen because Jesus. the the whole act is that he hates little people yeah. he, he uses every like his thing is like hey i bet you know this slur because i'm i'm a little person and i do and we use this one all the time because we because i'm self-loathing and it's so mean. His gimmick is that he wants to kill all little people yep. to prove that he is the American-made original... Like He's like proper cocaine promo. Like He is full-on Scott Steiner, yeah. Ultimate Warrior, unhinged. The biggest claim to fame is TNA. He had a segment backstage where he was in a trash can masturbating and asked the interviewer if she wanted any of his porridge that he was making.
2: Oh! The, what the fuck? What?
0: Jeremy B! Jeremy B! that's who wrote this shit (laughs) fucking jeremy b you fucking piece of shit what the fuck is that hey what if we put him in a trash can and had him make some glue and then we talk about the gloop with the sexy lady for fuck's sake Ladies and gentlemen, here's Puppet the Midget Killer. Now, we know he's been spewing his ooze backstage. But what's he going to do when he gets his hand on Theo, who he also hates, as well as himself, assumably? It's it's horrible, Adam. It's really horrible.
2: I, this, 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 all the things that that storyline did not need, come. should not. Come. It's courage. Why?
0: That's you know, terrible. we've never. We've never really properly asked the question and it really is worth looking at is fuck me, I think 2002 to 2005, I think wrestling, not just WWE, I think wrestling had some serious fucking issues in terms of poor taste and we think it happened in 99 and 01 and 01 mm. in, in 2000. Uh, you really think about it it's, it's here. this is when
2: this shit was happening, you know? my hypothesis is that like after the peak of the attitude era and things started calming down again in 2001 they were like oh business is going down so we need to do more of what we were doing in 98 to get everyone back on side again let's think what were we doing back then oh we were being edgy so let's just fucking turn that dial right up and that'll get everyone coming right back
0: like this legitimately is the type of stuff that russo was trying to kind of push for when he was bringing in like the Howard Stern freak pack or whatever yeah. it was but if you listen to I don't even want to put it in here because it's so fucking horrible mm. but if you go and you find any of Puppet's promos and his, his shtick yeah. it legitimately would be like Howard Stern be like no I don't think I want that thank you very Jesus. much Jesus uh, I, 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 I think I'll ask a girl about her panties instead oh God. very much like, did you put them in the fridge like, you know he's fucking <laughs> <laughs> just stuff like that instead this this is bad and now we get what was easily the Cool glass of water in the desert of this show. It's the Starettes, aka Yay. the the midriff dancers of the WWA, where three nice ladies wearing the least threatening outfits ever just came out in like nice t-shirts and jeans. It was like watching Bewitched it was. do their thing on Absolutely. top of the pops. Yeah, I was like, look, look at those belts. Look at those. Look at those big shoes. Look yeah. at those bell-bottom trousers. It's two thousand and two. Here are some nice ladies, and it was genuinely <laughs> one of the least disagreeable things presented here tonight. Yeah,
2: it's it's hard to be angry at this compared to everything else on the show.
0: And I loved as well is that they managed to ruin it. Still, they still found a way. Because I watched this so went Okay, I was going to turn it off, but the Star Arts came out here. They've broken up the misery a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of their performance, there's an awkward pause, and then JB goes, "Thank you very much." <laughs> which is like Lesson. i imagine i've never had one but i imagine if i was ever to be given like a lap dance or anything like that that you would be kind of given that like kind of like what do you say at the end like thank you very much thank, very th- good th- thank,
2: thank you, you for that that was wonderful is
0: there a place i could leave a rating or, <laughs> or you know, is, is there a referral code that you would like or anything so yeah he says thank you very much and the man goes yeah thanks for the 15 minutes it probably took to choreograph this garbage I don't care Fuck off. Rice? Like why bury no them? need Yeah. Alright James Corden burying the, the production crew over here after you didn't like how you looked in cats, but like, can you leave he—he's got big James Corden and cat's vibes. He That's does. Mark, he man.
2: really does. Yeah.
0: Own your shit, man. But it, as, <laughs> as
2: nasty as Jerry Lawler could ever be on his shows, he would at least not fucking take the piss out of the dancers for lack of ability or whatever. He would at least be no. like, "Oh, they're so exciting and entertaining. They're hot." Yeah. Like, you know, he'd say Yahoo. He would. You know, he'd say.
0: <laughs> he'd say, <laughs> he'd, say he'd say all sorts of positively inflected noises. Yeah and then jb goes jb who's very much like the younger boy trying to be cool at the dirty party we're like let's watch some porn you know (laughs) (laughs) let's not watch dogma let's watch some porn (laughs) (laughs) our moms won't know that we're that charlie angels 2 is actually a dirty (laughs) blue movie and then he goes yeah guys i don't care how they dance i just care how they look and i thought for a second there i went, "Really, really." You don't care how they dance at all. Imagine you had these three women come out and just kind of shuffle around awkwardly yeah. in their t-shirts and jeans. And I think you would have probably
2: cared if there was choreography or not. I mean, wasn't that kind of Emma's gimmick that she had for a little while when she came yeah. out doing that silly dance? Like, but I'd like to see what someone as a heel for a heel, he thinks they're like <laughs> <a> legit <laughs>
0: kick-ass dancer, and this doesn't see why people don't get their vibe whatsoever. <laughs> we are told on the house mic so everyone can hear in the audience chronic simply had too much power and too much speed for the for the guys from the navajo nation
2: okay too much speed right is that anything to do with the uh the technical ecstasy that's also been on offer this evening oh no Look. sorry
0: i wrote that wrong it was too much uh too much power and too much speed uh sorry no, so too much weed is what it was oh. sorry like uh yeah yeah
2: scooby dooby Doo. am i right now from this point on the commentators they're on the house mics again here now And they're going to stay on the house mics. They're going to stay on the PA altogether for this next match because it's very important that the crowd can hear. It's this next match, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Can you just give me a second? Because I just...
2: How you doing over there, pal? You all right? How's life treating you? I
0: feel hung over today having watched this yesterday.
2: Yeah, it's tough, is it? You know? Really fucking and tough like, I thought
0: talking, I thought talking about this would be like a little treat. Like, every when you're hung over and as a little treat, you'll get sick. I know. <laughs> I'll, now, hang on. I'll save that until, yeah, and then it's a big, uh, and, oh, yeah, that's good. You know, that, it didn't. It's not happening that way for me, Adam. I maybe thought you were going to say
2: more like when you're really hungover and you think I'll just have I'll have a little bit more booze because it's like this is the thing that caused me to be in pain, but maybe more of it will help ease the pain. That's what we're doing with this show. Who told you that? That's such a terrible bit of advice. It was uh, on Mark Madden's blog. He mentioned that <laughs> you should just always keep drinking.
0: I think what happens next could best be summed up by the fact that the aforementioned needs to go on the house mic is so they can say the midgets are back in a very big loud announcing voice yeah so we're in the midst of what will now probably be one of the most horrible horrible matches ever and yeah you're right we're, we're not gonna be able to avoid we're gonna be quoting a lot of what they say here so you
2: yeah know. just ahead of time just be aware me and kevin do not like or advocate the use of the word midget but they do it so much here that it would be unavoidable to not mention it. it,
0: it there's, there's a lot going on here. I don't want to talk very much about the match.
2: No, I mean, we, we can breeze through this. Like, like,
0: Theo and Puppet beat the shit out of each other with various objects. It is, like, garbage comedy brawl wrestling with lots of weapon shots. But the jokes are fast and thick and they are mean, and, like, this is the presentation. It's not these two guys wrestling. The presentation for the audience, who love this, by the way, are, are these jokes. Oh, jokes yeah. like, yes, yes kill yourself, and I hope these midgets die. Yep. Bloody
2: midgets? I want midgets to be bloodied. And it was like, at this point in the night, I was still... I was into JB, because Mark Madden and Disco Inferno are so horrible and so annoying and detestable that I was like, well, JB, by contrast, he's a nice Sorbet, Michael Cole-style experience. He fucking joins in so quickly. At the start of this match, JB straight in there. When was the last time you saw wrestling midgets? In fact, when was the last time you saw midgets? Like, he just playing right into this gross freak show aspect that they're clearly trying Hades. to get over here.
0: Absolutely hate it. It's total garbage. It like, is. You know, every every time they do a move and you think they're, like, building something and, like, they put a submission move in and the man's like, it's the midget tamer! And everyone in the crowd is like, ah! Yeah, they love it. I've I no idea, like, what the fuck is, like, <laughs> such a boardwalk empire that the scene recently with like little people who are like we're being mistreated it's, like, it's the fucking 20s and they yep. treat them with more respect than they do on this fucking well, it's, show it's, it's like so you disgusting. said
2: fucking 1997 wwf managed to figure out yeah. that you treat this as a separate division you give it some reverence you make them out to be actual wrestlers because that's what they are
0: i think like what had happened is that puppet was jimmy because I know he's involved in that micro championship wrestling thing with uh with bischoff and hogan i think mm. he legitimately was trying to make like enough of a shock factor that people will want like he'll be like the bad boy of, yeah. of and, you know, he, you, you'll want to see him because like what this guy's talking about killing midgets but he is a little person what the heck like that's what it's meant to be here but i almost feel like he's been worked more because i kind of feel like he's been told you're gonna be given this platform for you and your guys and you can be like this badass and you know i don't think puppet wants to be presented in the way he's being presented here which is no. saying things like these short people have no reason to live and Jesus. also think Disco Inferno I know he's a midget But he's a human being <laughs> I think
2: Oh come on now lads Fucking hell And,
0: and no is The fact that they obviously Had something much bigger planned For this than what we got They take out Thumbtacks And finish Puppet doing the F5 On the Thumbtacks Yeah tacks.
2: what the fuck
0: What could make This match worse It's Scott Steiner Oh Yay God. And he's got no magesia with them, But he does have what I believe to be Chainmail hair Because when he takes it off it's all like spiky and
2: nappy
0: <laughs> And as he starts beating them up Line from Mark Madden Yeah!
2: They deserve this They were asking for it apparently
0: What the fuck?
2: I like, don't know it- if it's because of Them doing this segment Right after that previous segment with the little people, or if it's because he's just not that over, but really not that big a response for Scott Steiner coming out either.
0: Yeah, I don't see they care. No, they, really they don't. don't. Uh, we get the promo from Scott Steiner, who is just about to sign with the WWE, so he has one eye towards the door right now, <laughs> folks. But here we go. We got some, uh, I'm going to attempt with this Scott Steiner promo because it genuinely, even by his standards, ...was illegible. <sighs> and everybody knows... ...there I am the fictional old... Tang Bourgeois... ...Snapper and Clam... ...and when I arrive at the Big Pony... ...I definitely bust her. Now last night I took Miss <laughs> May... ...up to my bungalow... ...and I'm sure I sure took off... Out of ...the mountaintop... ...and pissed and cocked... ...till she called me the Big Bad... ...Booty Daddy. And then I gave up after that. Oh, there's more. There's more. And you know what I love most is that the only word that he said very, very clearly was bungalow. <laughs> like at one point he, he said the word, but I thought he said bourgeois. I'm like, what? what? Is he like, what? Is he reading Marx? What's going on? But, uh, yeah, he demands a fight. Disco Inferno gets beaten up to silence. Yep. Complete silence. Like, I think they're like, oh, the fans will want to see this. Nah.
2: Nah, they don't care. The fans don't give a fuck about this. The only thing that I actually even remotely took interest in in this little beatdown we have here, because it's not a match, is it? It's just like, it's Kane and The Undertaker at WrestleMania 20. It's just a little fight for the sake of it. There's a bit where Steiner does a big top rope belly to belly to Disco Inferno, and the, the landing and the, the actual bump itself is so loud, it pushes all the audio into the left channel for some reason. <laughs> and I think that's a great gimmick. Like, oh my God, that move was so
1: big. All the audio has gone mono as a result. Yeah, oh my God.
0: <laughs> Disco gets beat up and Scott Steiner starts doing push-ups as he does. And we get a truly alarming line of commentary from Mark Madden. He'll be pushing up on freaks later, but he's pushing up for us now. What? Now, if you have ever imagined Scott Steiner having sex, could you do so, please, with him in the perfect push-up position, slowly going up and down? That's
2: what Mark Madden thinks sex is.
0: Scott poses with the babes, who all look genuinely confused by what they've seen. They're like, yay! This is particularly... miss may who's meant to be the stand-in from adesia she's so close to corpse when he's doing his big promo about bungalows and the bourgeois and then jb just goes look at him there scott steiner with all of his freaks oh, he'll have six of them just for lunch Ew. and then the music just stops because jb's joke was so gross yep
2: again music just stops and it's like should we restart it nah just let scott yep. steiner walk away in silence
0: This bit's over now. Mark
2: Madden, we cut to him. He's sweating
0: lots and combs his hair on camera. And then he goes, look, guys... We all know Devin Storm as the guy with the jean shorts. No, he wore jeans. I am expert. What? He never wore jean shorts. He wore jeans. He was a, he wore jeans that had very open knees that almost were like shorts. But if you ever seen Devin Storm from behind, you knew that those were jeans, not jean shorts. Okay. <laughs> I checked. I did a 360 on John Cena just to be sure that they weren't just very, very <laughs> wide cut jeans. And then he says... He is not like he was before because you might know him as a crazy guy. He's calmed down a lot, JB. Ooh, fun. I can't wait to see this.
2: Oh, great. Yeah, I can't wait to see a man that's calmed down and is now... What is it? The representation of technical ecstasy? Look forward to that.
0: to Guerrera. Psychosis. Eddie Guerrero. The International Cruiserweight WWA Championship is on the line come on we've got three legit stars here who know each other inside and out here we go Eddie Guerrero what a steal Eddie Guerrero was only gone from WWE in 01 and 02 for around five months Mm -hmm. he was taken off in May to go to rehab and then he got caught drink driving in November 01 and he did five months on the indies during which time he was here he was in New Japan he was in Ring of Honor on the first pay-per-view he wrestled CM Punk and Rey Mysterio he was an active boy on the indies it's a steal to get him here
2: it is a steal, and as soon as I saw Eddie Guerrero come out and think, oh wow, Eddie's on the card, why isn't he in the main event instead of Brian Christopher? Like It's Eddie Guerrero. They don't, don't
0: give a shit about him. They don't. He's not. a WCW opening act as far as they're concerned. The crowd don't care much for Eddie either. He's not treated like a star. He's treated like one of the six guys in the opener. He's just a cruiserweight, pretty much.
2: And I tell you something that will make you seem like not a star at all, is when this match is fucking beginning and the announcer goes ladies and gentlemen th- ladies and gentlemen now, at our last pay-per-view, the Inception from Australia. Gen- it was Hoobintude. That Mike obviously damaged by uh, and gentlemen- the back of the Disco Inferno Suplex right on our announcers, Mike forgot to say. Did we sue Disco Inferno to make the paper damages? To Ladies the and gentlemen. Hoobintude uh, Guerrera, the former. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Now, I'll go at it. Ladies and gentlemen, Psychosis in the ring now. Boobies in the ring, please. Psychosis of in the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is a three-way dance. Ladies and gentlemen, six times. I counted six times. He says, ladies and gentlemen, because his mic keeps fucking up.
0: Oh, I I counted seven because I included Mark Madden making fun of him, going, God, stop doing it, it's so annoying. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, Ah, you made it worse. You don't make jokes about that. Yeah, the ring announcer really fucking shit the bed there. Just go quiet. Don't keep saying ladies and gentlemen. It it would've been better for him to muscle through and just bellow it out with no microphone. Like it's ridiculous. (laughs) Psychosis also in Shenmue NPC gear Eddie Guerrero spelled with a Y he's fucking huge
2: Jesus it's scary how big he is
0: I was very excited for this match very excited yes. with these three guys and there was some cool spots and it was pretty much you could tell the showcase for Eddie who very much was the man in charge yep. some three people spots it was a little tighter than the opening contest it made more sense but I don't think the crowd really enjoyed it as much. And I did, I must admit, this was even though it was a flower in a pot of dirt, it came too late in the show for me, and I did not enjoy myself because I was having a miserable time on this show. That's it.
2: It's I, I feel like objectively, this is maybe the best match on the show, just from like a technical standpoint, the way it's laid out, the way it's paced. Less but, but,
0: scary than the previous cruiserweight match, the latter match in the first pay-per-view, which was a mess. Yeah. This this was a lot cleaner, yeah.
2: But its placement on the card is just that I was fucking burnt out at this point in time so I couldn't enjoy it no matter how good it was I was fucking done with this show
0: I was really done with JB here when he was like doing the whole fucking shtick about we're not like those other companies those other companies who take great cruiserweights and they present them in a comedic manner they belittle them they make fun of them here we respect the cruiserweights because we believe these men are athletes and they deserve our respect I'm like mate what the fuck you have just literally carried out any ethnic minority for shits and giggles on the house mic and like little people and you're gonna mm-hmm. do it for gay people later on Yeah, you piece of shit oh well don't judge JB on his, on his actions towards you know Native Americans or gay people or little people judge him on the real ethnic minority group the
3: cruiserweights Because
0: cruiserweights. <laughs> cruiserweights have historically Had such a hard time in this country You know, when the cruiserweights First came over on Ellis Islands Many of them had to change their weight limit And it was so unfair that they made them do that Eddie hey, Guerrero's not 235 pounds Why did you make Why did you make Dean Malenko oh, His finisher's not the cloverleaf It's meant to be a, a top rope arm drag But you oh, you respect the cruiserweight The cruiserweight culture <laughs> 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 I mean, some great stuff here. Hoovy stops a pin at one point by asking the referee to stop counting, which I really liked. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, one, two. I'll stop. <laughs> okay, so here comes the part inevitably in the WWE episode where we had to take a break of several days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's been a whole weekend since we last sat down to do this.
0: I wouldn't mind, like, I don't think up until that point there was, like, an absolute moment where it's like, no, fuck it, fuck that. Like, no, absolutely, this is it now. Like, because it was just in the middle of a match, we just decided randomly now to stop. Yeah. Because things were working against us. I had thought the pay per view recording would take us in and around, you know, much like the pay per view itself, <laughs> I thought it would take us two and a half hours and here we were nearly at four and a half hours of chatting and uh, we, we were still going and I, I'm not about, sure about you Adam but I wasn't Quite as aware how close to bottoming out I was As when Skype decided to just stop Like letting us record Or or audio
2: (laughs) Skype was basically saying That's quite a long episode for a bonus episode So I think we're just going to stop it here Even though we had other intentions
0: Yeah like Skype were just like leave the politics out of it mate Yeah we could rather do (laughs) without any of that You know let's leave it there You know what let's give them a nice long weekend To think about it and then come back Fresh eyes Mm -hmm. Yeah fresh attitudes yeah yeah fresh attitudes towards the
2: wwa oh it's uh, this isn't it yeah i had it, it, it in my calendar that we were doing a smackdown crawl today and i was like oh no. that'll be nice that'll be something no. to look forward to. no wwa no. baby
0: not until you finish your sunday which oh. is the uh <laughs> it'll take you roughly the length of an entire sunday to get through the wwa so come on look 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 you and I, we both know the fact that if you, you let your buffs cool over the weekend, mm-hmm. all right, you have a chance to kind of let let the mind get cleared, air out the, yeah. dirty, the dirty thoughts and all that, okay? We're okay here now. Let's go into the notes, all right? Here we go. Joe has beans on a crumpet, and I wonder what that's like. <laughs>
3: You d- I don't know
0: if the, I don't know if the old notes now are actually going to be getting us through this as much at all now. No, actually, I, t- I tell you what was positive in this match. Mm-hmm. Mark Madden said fuck all compared to the other matches. Did you notice this? That's
2: nice. Yeah, there was a little bit of a reprieve. Is it I... the
0: case? Do you think that Madden like recognized that these were three people who were maybe not going to be able to be the butt of the cruiserweight or slash latina jokes like lots of other folks and therefore he had no content
2: oh that was it he just literally like he had all the hate but he didn't figure out a way to actually apply it to these gentlemen because he was still focused on like little person mode he had tunnel vision for focusing in on them
0: yeah exactly and, and of course you wouldn't want to make fun of eddie guerrero with his arms that have a vein that looks like it could strangle you on of its own oh. you know i've heard of a functioning circulatory system but that my friends is an offensive like literally as in it can go on the offense uh, you know, secretary system like <laughs> it's it's very very terrifying so we got some we get some cool double team spots there's a cool like double double leg drop at one point that's pretty awesome i mean there is a bit of confusion as to who's really what character because you got like Hoovy, you know stopping pins you got yeah. hoovey doing low blows but yeah he's not really like i don't really have much explanation as to why he would be a heel like, in, in the wwa universe
2: and he's not doing the juice anymore either, as far as I can tell, right?
0: No, well, once the Rock had a pop of him in season three in 2001, cut him right down. You know, you want know, you know, to bully? He's making fun of someone, and then that someone says something, one thing back to them. Like, fine, I won't do it anymore. <laughs> Hooven Guerrero, like for two years straight doing the juice, and the Rock is like, to Guerrero exists. Fine, I want not do it anymore. Fine, whatever. Man. <laughs> I was just having fun. We got a, a power bomb in a corner, but it was. Along the lines of Nia Jax deciding to kill some random woman in terms of Ooh. a power bomb in the corner, it was, yeah. uh, it was
2: not not a clear thing. I mean, kind of- there is some good action in this match here, but yeah. like, and this is an interesting dilemma I'm in right now because at this point in watching the show and making notes on it. I was completely burnt out and I was like aware that this is a good match with some good wrestling, but I'm too burnt out to enjoy it. However, I'm fresh as a daisy in the actual recording right now because we took that break. So I'm just sat here looking at these notes like, well, this isn't very helpful to me. (laughs) (laughs) The the fellow that wrote these notes seemed to be awful miserable at this point in time.
0: I mean, it's like the first match in the sense that you can't complain for individual spots and individual performers. I mean, they're doing what they're doing, but Mm -hmm. I mean, it's against a backdrop of sheer apathy and the apathy is from both the audience and i hate to say it jb it's from the announcers as well i don't really feel like they do enough to make you feel like these guys are special other than telling you over and over again that you appreciate them i was like okay well if you appreciate them could we have a bit of clarity over to who's fulfilling what role here because yeah working heel all match eddie guerrero who by rights the big wwe star who would be one of the most recognisable men on the show, you'd think they'd be all over him. He Honestly. Hits the, yeah, he hits the frog splash, he hits the victory, he picks up the belt, and they are acting like it's, like when the fucking Godwins won the tag yeah. titles at Bad Like, oh, these bastards, how dare they, like.
2: It's fucking Eddie Guerrero He's one of the biggest Most current names They have on the WWE And they really just Don't seem to give a fuck About him I don't even know If they know That he was in WWF They might have just thought that, Oh it's that lad From WCW Several years ago That did nothing in between <laughs> Wasn't he uh,
0: related To the guy Who had the wooden horse I think Yeah he might be good For a He might be He <laughs> might be able To get the Latina World Order back guys If we start hiring people Like Eddie Guerrero like, here's the issue Eddie Guerrero wins their belt And he's back in WWE In around five and a half weeks he wins the belt and again with the production there is no music for eddie guerrero winning a championship title here so it's just like he has the belt it's just silence and then he gets the microphone and i thought this was meant to be like eddie's like look i've i've had some hard times but Mm -hmm. i'm taking control now and he wasn't being quite heel or he wasn't being quite face but what you get is eddie guerrero with a shitty belt on a microphone really angry calling mm-hmm. fans morons for the chance, which genuinely have him pissed off and yep. he addresses his issues and he's like my life's been a fucking mess Holmes and everyone's like what and it's just uh, like here's not the place to be pouring out your heart Eddie man no. this is
2: not it honestly you want to have like a grateful welcoming crowd that are really happy to see you back in the ring and to see you like doing well But these guys don't give a fuck about Eddie's life story. They couldn't give a shit about his well-being or anything. All they know is that Stone Cold's got a funny new catchphrase. So we're going to try that out right now.
0: I mean, difficult, isn't it? Like, you know, when he's got his personal problems, but we don't have a multi-million dollar company who can effectively monetize those problems and you know and, and, well that's what they want isn't it they want to always make a big fucking fiasco about it like a big, a big Jeff, like, Hardy. Jeff Hardy road to redemption yeah. thing where they show you his yeah. redemption that happened 10 years before the latest thing that he's done that he's fucked up yeah. and said here you, you got Eddie Guerrero very legitimately just being very open I'll be honest Adam I don't know about you I didn't know that he had these issues at the time it was kind of like Eddie no. got injured and Eddie got injured, and I don't know. Maybe he got embarrassed because he had to help test his foot out of the ropes in WrestleMania Seventeen. But he's not around here anymore. But yeah, this is him telling the world this line here: "I will get my life together, and I will get back on top of this business."
2: What? Oh, you know (laughs) that's that's just not fair. That's like approaching casino magic levels of inappropriate and dark.
0: No, it would only be a casino magic levels of that if there was someone begging Eddie to please stop. Like, please don't do this. <laughs> don't don't tell them about your personal problems. Please just just we need another match, please. I'm begging. <laughs> no! I need to tell them. So it was off it was an awful combination of like a need, obviously, from Eddie to talk about the elephant in the room and and no one wants to talk about the elephant just want to say what instead
2: yeah pretty much i will say what's appropriate though in hindsight now is did you catch the phrase that interrupts eddie here when he's in the middle of his speech uh is this when
0: jerry lynn made his presence known
2: he did by shouting excuse me from off screen with a microphone and i thought like oh well that's that's bloody lovely that is that's a nice happy little coincidence
0: there are many roles for many wrestlers here tonight Whoever decided to pick up journeyman technical god and all-round overlooked sensation Jerry Lynn and bring him in and have him play the role of cocky heel who's mocking the struggles of eddie guerrero you have not lived until you've seen jerry lynn i shit you not this sounds like i'm making it up like i don't know who jerry lynn is yeah jerry lynn came out and he had had, you know jerry lynn with his cradle pile driver and his vial of fake tears
2: (laughs) what is this it's so fucking weird
0: it is jerry lynn Putting fake, uh, fake tears in his eyes, going, ah, "Harry Carrero's got so many struggles, guys. Oh, oh, and he's really
2: struggling hard with his addiction, and it's so fucking horrible to watch. It is so wrong." I mean, whose side are we meant to be on in here? I'm, I'm so muddled up with what's going on.
0: Jerry, Jerry, uh... like clearly you're meant to be with Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn's meant to be like the fun guy who's coming out mocking this, this moaner essentially. And then, like, Eddie Eddie gets really emotional, and Eddie's, like, real in his face, like, what the fuck are you talking about? They slap, they have a real physical brawl, which, you know, for as authentic as it looks, you can't help but to say, it's kind of horrible that this is what we're watching, you know? Yeah. There's, there's, uh, there's, no, there's no right way to do an angle like this when the person goes on to die tragically of these yeah. issues.
2: Yeah. And it, it goes on for quite a long time as well. Like that that three way dance was a pretty long match. And then we have Eddie's speech. Then Jerry Lynn comes out and he does a promo. And then this beatdown does go on. For, like this back and forth. It's not even one sided. Like this is a proper brawl that takes its time.
0: I will say, you know, if we had more WWE coming and mm. you're telling me that we're building to AJ Styles versus Nova and Eddie Guerrero versus Jerry Lynn, like you're mm. literally giving me some dream matches there. So yeah, yeah it came across horrible. And like. I will say it's 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 always gonna work against it when it, you're looking back in time like this. You know, this you mm. know, isn't as bad as when WWE are making fun of the man's issues after he's dead and buried, Ugh. you know, and blowing up his lowrider for a bit of a Jesus, WrestleMania yeah. by race. Yeah. So it could have been worse, but of all of Eddie's forays, you would have who would have thought Eddie foraying into WWA would have been a bad time.
2: Honestly, yeah, I, when I saw that Eddie was on the card for this show, I thought like, oh holy shit, that's another star, that's another big name on the show. Here's gonna be someone that's gonna like get everyone on side and like make a real fucking night of it, like make a really good show. And it just came off as really awkward, at worst unpleasant and uncomfortable, and generally confusing for me. Like, I had no idea who I was meant to care for in this segment. I can't believe that Jerry Lynn is supposedly the face here.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Awkward? Uncomfortable? Confused as to why we're here? You just brought the Star back out. Here they are. The (sighs) Star and their jeans are here to dance for you. They're my three Christmas crackers. <laughs> 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 what, mine
2: probably one of those. <laughs> yes. they're uh, they're dancing to JLo this time, which is maybe the most yep. high budget thing on the show so far. Actually,
0: yeah, it's true. I, I, I don't know if it, you know, I got Jimmy Hart to change the. Uh, the, the, the requisite number of notes. They're flying flying close to the sun here, legally speaking. Are you, are
2: you saying that they've not actually licensed this track, but St. Andrew McManus just stole it and played it anyway?
0: I mean, I'm sure he's got a bag of cash somewhere that has, like, you know, JLo written on it. Like, she's meant to get it, <laughs> like, you
3: know.
0: You know, given the time it is that sneak Ben Affleck might have come and scooped it up, like, and went, uh, <laughs> went drinking with his buddies, Matt Look Damon at and this. Kevin Smith, like, this you know. hot
2: celebrity gossip from 15 years ago.
0: Oh yeah, no, when I did, uh, for Cinema Swill, we did Jiggly. No, not Jiggly, we did uh, Jersey Girl, that was it. So right. I-, I went like head first back into the 04, 03, like, you know, what were they called? Benefer?
2: was that it? Benefer. That
0: was it, yeah, when they were together, oh. Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. Benefer. That's not
2: good enough, that is not uh, yeah. good enough.
0: It was a bad time, let's just say. (laughs) Well, here's me excited. This was the light at the end of the tunnel that kept me going the whole goddamn show. Because, you know, I'm always excited when the suicidal, homicidal, genocidal, death-defying maniac sabu shows up in the house and now that devon storm has gotten less interesting and is not going to wear <laughs> jean shorts well that'll be that'll be fun and you know once we heard that there's technical ecstasy involved i'm sure oh, that baby. it'll be a grand old time yeah what do you think to devon storm's new attitude new look this isn't the devon storm or the alan funk that you know and love adam
2: now i think we saw devon storm in one of our old wcw episodes we, yes, and the
0: last WWA as and
2: well, and the and the last WWA. So this is like at least the third time we've encountered him on the podcast, and I still couldn't tell you a thing about him. Everyone's saying about his new attitude here tonight. I was like, is it? I because honestly, you could have me fooled. <laughs> like he may have just started combing his hair for all I know.
0: Okay, now I don't think I've got enough wherewithal about him to really go to ten and tell you why he's great and all that. Other than like he's one of my he's one of my perennial faves. I I kind of uh-huh. expressed earlier how I felt that. He, he kind of flew under the radar and timing was wrong for, for Devon Storm, a man who found himself in ECW in 1996, WB in 1997, WCW in 1999 and yeah. WWA in 2002 and Somehow. Heat in 2003. You know, he, he was everywhere. <laughs> I'll say one thing that he did in that WCW episode that might make you remember why you like him. He mm. is the guy who took a flat back bump out of his trousers. Oh, his
2: trousers. You told me this on the last <laughs> WWA episode as well. Like, why oh, can't no, you I remember like that him, Crowbar no. is the trouser man? Crowbar, Devin Storm, trousers. Devin Storm, trousers. I'm trying to get that drilled in there now.
0: Just do you remember the old phrase. Jesus, I need a fucking crowbar to get these trousers on. Just remember that <laughs> phrase. That, you know. Is that a
2: crowbar in your trousers? <laughs>
0: <laughs> mr freeman is that a crowbar in your trousers are you just happy <laughs> to <fucking> see me? <laughs> <laughs> so his new gimmick is that he wears black tights he right. doesn't smile or emote a loss okay and he kind of looks like heel al snow when al snow turned heel
2: oh yeah i get that actually i get that that's sort of more serious like no i'm switching everything off and i'm just about coming out and fighting now like i get that the
0: worst thing adam i don't know has it ever been done well i fucking hate it when someone is like i've had a change in personality i'm not saying as well that devon storm is meant to be heel but when someone's like i've had a change in personality Mm -hmm. and that new personality is that i now speak emotionally (laughs) and that you will never hear me hello i am jack swagger and i have become the world heavyweight champion (laughs) i am seth rollins and now i am a messiah i am a new character you know what i just don't go quiet when you're meant to change change from anything unless you're like no way jose then you can go quiet but otherwise don't shut up when you change your character i hate that so much
2: so chris jericho that's acceptable then yeah when he like started wearing suits and he went all quiet and reserved like that's fine because he was so wild before
0: he was Chris Jericho before and that was like he went full on in with it. You know, he went he had no T shirts, he and also he'd seen No Country for Old Men, hadn't he? So Of course and, he had, yeah. And also, if you remembered at the time, no one else in WWE had seen that movie. So <laughs> no one else still got, has,
2: I believe. No like. one else Shh <laughs> <laughs> what do you want know about next year's Wrestlemania will open with a fucking impersonator of Javier Bardem or something like just, just as culturally relevant as this year's Like, I very rarely
0: think it's like you know what this guy's
2: missing abject
0: silence and a lack of expression Like, you know it's so because I think Jericho works as you said because it was such a hard shift from where he was mm. but very mm. often it's other characters who are like I talk a bit now I'm going to go all quiet and unemotional no I don't mm. like it I don't care for it so Sabu coming out here I'm thinking right we've not got proper Crowbar but Sabu's here he's got Fonzie with him as well but Alfonso yeah. is, mm-hmm. is here uh, no proper music for Sabu though it just it didn't, I mean, didn't really work for me
2: at this point I'd given up on even trying to expect music. If someone got music, it was a nice surprise. If it fit their character, it was a fucking miracle. Like Yeah
0: <laughs> Sabu, genuinely confused by the ramp, just kind of wanders off and then stands in the middle of the ramp, shrugs, is like, Where the fuck am I meant to go? And <laughs> literally fancy going, Come over here, Daddy <laughs> 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 I mean, there's some straight wrestling to start. I think this match is very much meant to be let's show you what Devin Storm can do because he's going to be our guy.
2: Yeah, and he can do a lot. Like, this this is good wrestling. Again, I mean, I don't know if we've put it over enough yet, but generally speaking, the in-ring quality on this show has been good to great, and it's been a damn sight better than the first WWE installment. This has been a big improvement wrestling-wise like
0: the matches where people come out and you'd be like oh these three will be able to wrestle or these six be able to wrestle yeah they can and the ones where Mm -hmm. it's like well these fuckers why are they coming out to wrestle this will be awful it has been but the crowd hasn't really been able to discern between those different flavors
2: that they're beginning they're not wrestling fans
0: and i will say the hardcore brawl which you start by doing the technical wrestling to try and build up to the hardcore stuff later on Mm -hmm. that is a tough sell because generally speaking if people are being promised a bloodbath they want the bloodbath from the word go they don't want to build up to it.
2: i think i just i expect when i see sabu coming out i expect car crash and absolute carnage and when it starts off a little bit slower it was quite a pleasant surprise for me regardless of whether or not the crowd were really into it i thought it started out quite well when we
0: do hit the gas pedal a little bit and sabu starts bringing in some of that classic sabu offense i.e doing some of the dives Tony Mameluke of course not to be outdone Sabu in his first move himself manages to I believe break his own nose and land (laughs) on his head so yeah anything you can do I can do to myself better (laughs) and this is where we get some of the great lines from Madden and this is some of that WCW year 2000 stuff where it's kind of like the jaded child surrounded by toys who realises that there's no storylines left anymore you're going to have to kill him to be him Kill him to win. These men will have to die before this match ends. No, because then you won't have any other matches.
2: Yeah, and this is this is the second ever WWE pay-per-view and already he's fucking setting the stakes that high. Like yeah. imagine if the Mick foley Triple H street fight was on like the second ever pay-per-view, like that's the bar they're trying to go for.
0: Yeah, also as well, like St. Andrew would be quick on the phone after the match where one of the wrestlers killed another one by mistake. He's <laughs> like, Oh, I'm in a bit of froth and bubble, wouldn't be wrestlers is Brent Brett. you know. <laughs> <laughs> So we got a table set up on the outside by Fonzie and as spectacular as some of the hardcore action is, it does have that WWE classic style of being really underprepared, not mm-hmm. not rehearsed and very no. rarely actually actualized and, you know, visualized out ahead of time because we got a table set up and then a big sunset flip over the top and mm-hmm. Devin Storm just kind of clops it with his ankle. And, yeah. Oh, Jesus. It's terrible. On, yeah. I
2: will say, I realized during this match, and this would be something that's definitely not a revelation for you because you've seen so much of his stuff, and I haven't. But being someone that's a relative outsider to Sabu, mm-hmm. just having no, you know what I know of him and my sort of base knowledge of him, I think he's one of the most exciting wrestlers I've ever seen ever, simply because I've seen so many Botchamania compilations of him <laughs> really hurting himself and big spectacular moves going horribly wrong that literally everything he does in this match when he goes to do it i'm like oh jesus oh my god and then he actually does it and it's like oh shit nice one like my heart was <laughs> in my throat for most of this match genuinely
0: it's definitely very unique because he will do something you know whether that something is a move and if that move <laughs> is an intended move or a new move yeah. like, dude, like there wasn't this match one or two moves that he did that are like i've never seen that before I didn't mm-hmm. know he could do that. And he probably didn't know he could do it until the point he was perched <laughs> on the ropes about to fall off. And he thought, fuck it, I'll springboard and see if I can do a, a somersault. And I can, you know, it's just... <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that that comes across because you know it's bad when someone is kind of tagged as being like in 1994, the most exciting wrestler in the world. And it's very rare that those monikers live up. And Sabu, for someone has been so influential and so criminally overlooked. I mean, his name mm. is spoken very often, but he doesn't get the credit he deserves for what he has done in wrestling and how he's changed it to the style that we all like so the fact that that manages to maintain itself even with you someone who i would say i mean you watch a lot of wrestling man yeah from, yeah you know, i from do all all time periods lots of different companies you kind of get you know as a modern fan and somebody watches wrestling professionally you get spoiled for choice yeah so absolutely it's, if he stands up to that test of time, that's fucking incredible. I'm very happy for Sabu.
2: Yeah, I, I hope that, you know, if if there's one thing to look forward to on more WWE episodes in the future, it's the possibility of there being more Sabu matches for me.
0: And that's what I loved about TNA as well in the early days, is that Sabu would just show up randomly. Like, he was very much the the, the mercenary, the hired hands <laughs> that you could bring in for a dangerous match in wrestling. And it took Mark Madden 10 minutes, but he did draw attention to the fact that, that we are, of course, in the Aladdin Casino and uh, Sabu. Oh, okay. Well, boy, he, he he sure isn't out of place here, isn't he? Because mm-hmm. uh, of those puffy pants of his, right?
2: Got baggy trousers, mate, like Aladdin, mate. Yeah, Is you, that yeah. mate Devon Storm the genie or something? <laughs> Wait, although Might I will Madden. say, Al Snow could have had a
0: time as the genie. You know, he would would have done it well.
2: Al Snow would make an excellent dickhead genie, like yes. a monkey's paw kind of genie that twists your wish at for you. All you. The
0: time,
3: like,
0: <laughs> Stop it! Sabu dies to the outside, off a chair, through a table, into the railing.
2: Fuck Ow! It, <laughs> Jesus Christ!
0: Just you can just, the, the only thing about Sabu is just Mad Libs. You just keep adding and adding and adding and adding and adding to it. Yep. Like you know, it, it always makes sense. We get the finisher from Devon Storm, the mind bender to Sabu, which I believe is a falcon arrow. Get a kick out. Uh-oh. I think I realized what's happened here is that Sabu has decided to do the job only if he can go through like the entire arsenal of every move Devon Storm has. Oh,
2: God. <laughs> He's got to give me all so- of
0: them. Give it to me, brother. Give me the mind bender, brother, and I'll kick out. Give me two leaps of faith, brother. I'll kick out of both of them. <laughs> Jesus, the old third act, huh? It's pretty hard.
3: Third act. Uh,
0: real, real on the on the pulse here. The announcers, man, with all this blood from Sabu, I wonder if Bella Lugosi's going to show up. Am I right?
2: What? Is that Bella the most up to date vampire you know of? Like fucking out. Oh, Bella
0: Lugosi. Come on, come on, come on. Bella Lugosi. Let's uh.
2: Also, Uh, Bela Lugosi, not a vampire.
0: Okay, look, Bela Lugosi, he's he's just something that the kids like. You know, when Bela Lugosi was born in 1882... uh, (laughs) Come on! You're talking about a movie. You're talking about a movie that when this pay-per-view came out was 71 years old. This pay-per-view... Is ages this is from ages ago. 71
2: <laughs> years old. Why is that their point their frame of reference for Dracula?
0: <laughs> that's that's 89
2: years ago from now. From now <laughs> WHO <I> mean, <laughs> You've got vampire warrior on your fucking roster, mate. Can't you at least draw reference to him, maybe? Clearly, well, he's no
0: sign of, of of gangers tonight, like, so...
2: Not tonight, but he was on... He was all over the UK tour with Luna. He's around.
0: He, yeah, well, we get a sunset flip. The three count is stopped by Fonzie. And then Sabu hits... You know what, the issue is, Sabu often will hit moves, and unless you're mm-hmm. Joey Styles, you can just be like, Arabian Diddly Ding Dong, and just a you know, couple yeah. with names on the spot. We get this from Jeremy Borash, who really wants to put over Sabu, but can't really describe what move he's just seen, so beautiful maneuver there from Sabu. One of those moves that those of us who know Sabu
2: and followed his career <laughs> know he will do. <laughs> we know yeah. it so well we know everything about it except the name oh
0: man you know this guy those maneuvers that he did. this is like you know if you're in the audience like you know and you're there's like i don't know an undercover agents just spy on wrestling you're like ah yes these maneuvers <laughs> that we often see we all know the names of those hello fellow wwe universe member <laughs>
2: We get somewhere around this sequence, I think, one of them does a body slam whilst holding a chair over his opponent's back, like yep. slams him with the chair. When that happens, I swear to God, it sounds like a fucking cannon goes Like, I genuinely believe they've dubbed a cannon over this sound. <laughs> Please just have a listen to this, because it is fucking ridiculous how loud it is.
0: Body slam on the chair.
2: Jesus, how hard did he hit him? You fuck, there should be a crater in the ring after a sound effect like that.
0: <laughs> this is why we didn't come back to the Aladdin Conceito because it was just like the, the foundations had been destroyed after <laughs> that that genre-changing explosion. So Fonzie with a bit of miscommunication, Bop Sabu, and... Devon Storm manages to get the pin after a thousand finishers and a thousand screwy random bits like the crowd. Yep. What little they had of them. They were well and truly gone at the end. And they lost yes. me devoted Sabu fan in this one at the end. I thought it was like yeah, patently obvious that one of these guys didn't want to do a job. And no. even more so when afterwards we do the whole fucking shtick up on the ramp.
2: Yeah. So Devon Storm gets the win, right? He picks up the victory. Yeah. We got Devon Storm celebrating um, and then his music just stops. So he has to just leave. And this really wound me up. Devon Storm is leaving. The commentators come back over the house mics again because now the match is over. They're going on the PA for everyone to hear. I
0: still don't get
2: why. I, I know. I don't understand it. But they're on the house mics. They're loud over the PA. And Devon Storm is walking away. And you can hear JB and Mark Madden going, Sabu, Oh, is getting up there. He's got a chair. Sabu is going up the ramp with a chair straight towards Devin Storm. And Devin Storm's literally just like... Boo, boop, ding, da, 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 just walking along. And wouldn't you know <laughs> it, he gets fucking ambushed, mate. How could he have known?
0: Well, how could he have prepared himself for the, and I quote, Arabian unbelievable leg drop?
2: <laughs> it's unbelievable, man.
0: Yeah, Sabu goes off the screen <laughs> through the table.
2: Unbelievable is a great adjective. It is. We've got to have more moves with unbelievable in the the title. The
0: unbelievable moonsault. (laughs) That would be a great finisher name. The unbelievable suplex. (laughs) You know what? We had a big moment there. Big sparse one, which obviously, you know, I think the idea is that Devin Storm's going to be the McFoley like. When he comes out, you're going to expect him to do something crazy or something crazy happened Mm to him. We're clearing away all the rubble and the wreckage from what's just happened. And Madden says, Man, what an amazing finish that was.
2: Dude. Come on, finish.
0: And uh, yeah, amazing finish. And there's a lot of craziness going on there as well because Sabu starts going for. I believe I've talked about on the podcast before the spike that Sabu has in the boot. he has there in case anything yes. goes goes you know untoward yeah. in wrestling. And when he was going for his spike, the announcer said, "Sabu's got something in his hands there. I think it's a sharpened a pencil." P- and then it cuts backstage Lass. to Lodi.
2: <laughs> A pencil. Is he going
0: to write a letter uh. or something? Is he got a pencil or the
2: Fuck me. Now, here is an interesting point, Kevin, because me and you watch this via two different sources. Yeah. I watched this on YouTube. You were able to source mm. a copy from elsewhere. And on both of our versions, from what I understand, there is a segment that is completely missing right now before we get to the West Hollywood Blondes. I only found this in The Observer, but... Larry Zabisco was here on this show and he had a little promo to cut for everyone. Yeah, he was here. What for the audience? I think, from what I from what I read from what Meltzer said, it's they cut backstage and he's there, like do, doing a promo. And what it is... Hi,
0: I'm Larry Sabisco. I'm the Greek new god of a new era, Morphoplex Massive.
2: <laughs> morphoplex Massive!
0: Morphoplex Massive! <laughs> Larry, better than steroid Sabisco backstage.
3: <laughs> yeah. what's, he, uh,
2: what's he got for us, Adam? <laughs> well, apparently he cut this big promo, it's quite a long promo, calling out Vince McMahon... And challenging him to a match because he wants to take on Vince McMahon. And he wants to do Amazing. it. Amazing. He wants to fight Vince on neutral ground in a WWE ring. <laughs> How
0: is it <a> neutral ground <laughs> no. when they're
2: letting you do a
0: promo for them?
2: Meltzer said that it came off super duper desperate and basically was like he said Larry Sabisco may as well have been pleading for a job with the WWF. It was like he was giving a resume. Oh
0: man. He's always one I've been very interested about that he never got picked up like, you know, for NXT or any of no. those like kind of he's he seems to be the kind of the perennial man in a chair happy to chat with you because yeah. he's been on a few of their dvds and stuff but there's been zero interest ever for him as an agent or a producer or to even you'll know, bring him back when they bring back look all the old men you know to come out and wave yeah he, he was never even brought back for those no nothing they bring back anyone for that shit so. <laughs> any
2: old fucker can come on for that
0: maybe vince was just like no i won't take him until my morphoplex massive arrives you think i'm gonna take on the god of a new generation no way pal
2: <laughs>
0: so backstage, Lenny and Lodi—they're doing butt stuff. Is that it? Is it's fun, funny, isn't it? It's Lenny and Lodi, who they're the West Hollywood blondes, yep. and if you remember them from WCW, Lenny and Lodi—they were part of Raven's flock. Mm-hmm. But if you remember from WWA, they're the objects of ridicule—not not say ridicule vitriol is what they uh that's um, it yeah it's
2: it's a burning burning hatred so we've had that little backstage segment where one of them is like stitching something on the other one's ass or something it's a lot milder homophobia than last time thankfully but it's still homophobia nonetheless and then we cut to the ramp and we hear their music playing and we're waiting for them to come out for what seems like quite a long time and we get jb saying and i quote West Hollywood blondes coming out here to hopefully receptive crowd because they always get a very very, oh, oh wait that's not Lenny and Lodi that's a, that's a table remover. Here comes Lenny and Lodi now like really fucking good stuff JB I'm glad that you decided to tell us that.
0: If someone shows up unseen like imagine if they were like Vader there looking very oh there's Pat Patterson that's very strange (laughs) was he uh showing up there in the background okay all right oh road warrior hawk making yeah. eye contact there very strange you need to show up in the background you know you don't know, draw attention to it well here they come and according to the announcers they want a representation to a tag team championship match
2: gay people are always demanding representation aren't they mate that's all they care about
0: mark madden has got some fucking choice ones here folks I don't mind Lenny and Lodi. I think they're great wrestlers. I mean, their wrist lock is a little limp. way. So, uh, l- limp, 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 wrists. Wristage. Yeah, that's
2: good. That's very good. Yeah.
0: Not strong wrists like Mark Madden. Oh, yeah. you, you, know?
2: you, you, you Everyone knows that if you're gay, you've got flaccid wrists, mate, because you're not manly enough to get that nice throbbing wrist that men all fucking love so much. Mine's rock hard now just talking about it.
0: So, Lenny and Lodi are in the ring. Mm-hmm. And we don't know who their opponents are. No. And it's looking like it's going to be one of the classic WWA surprisements because they do love to furnish us with those. And, you know, when you have the big surprisement, what do you usually do? The lights go out yep. or you play the music, whatever it is. Here's how we do in the WWA. The music plays. The music stops. The person starts to appear. The wrong music plays. Mm. The music stops. Then they play their music then they come out.
2: And who is it, Kevin?
0: It's Rick Steiner. Uh, Rick Steiner's here. So, uh, the Dog Faced Gremlin. That's who my wisely...
2: favorite, favorite fucking nickname in all of wrestling. <laughs> the dog-faced I, I, gremlin. I don't know if you've seen much, but in the new Animal Crossing, you get achievements and you unlock like little titles and then you can piece them together yeah, on your yeah, passport. Yeah. I want to set mine as Dog Faced Gremlin. Dog-faced. So fucking bad. It's such a funny name. I don't know, name. maybe.
0: There was a gremlin-faced dog that Billy showed us once, but I'm not sure if it's uh, the same thing or not. So, yeah, Rick Stein is here, and know he's not tagging with his brother, or here to talk about his wise investment of property in the Las Vegas, Nevada region. No, instead, he's here to team up with Ernest the Cat Miller, another recognizable name from WCW, yep. who I don't think is as recognizable or as popular as anyone reckons, because... I mean Ricky got a pop when he came out. Yes. He sure he did. did.
2: He did for sure.
0: Cat goes on the microphone, and Mark Madden is very, very uh he's worried. He's like, oh no, Ernest the Cat Miller's here. You know what that means, JB. And he's like, What does that mean, Mark? He goes, he's gonna call me fat. <laughs> and I don't know if it's like a thing from WCW
3: mm-hmm.
0: where like Ernest the Cat Miller like preyed upon Mark Madden. Yeah. And Mark Madden in K is the most like horrible, vile villain on commentary. He He's horrible and all that Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. And yes, they managed to do this bit where Ernest Miller is meant to come out and like make a bit of fun of him. It's so mean He comes off so really nasty.
2: Really that nasty. That I found
0: myself really, really empathizing with Mark Madden, because I've been in the situation where someone's come out and been like, "Look at him, he's fat, he's fat," and they go over and just start hitting him, and he's like, "Fucking stop yep. it, stop it! You fucking fat are you? Come in, he have been fucking fat." And like, "Oh, whoa, all right, okay," and that's it. Like that's what Ernest does. He doesn't come out and say, "Somebody call my mama," or do a dance, or talk about anything fun. He's like, "Hey, where's that fat fucker, Mark yeah. Madden? Fat, you're fat. Come here, come here." He's like, mm. like watching Joe Biden do a stump speech. It's really <laughs> horrible. <laughs> all right fat let's go out i'll kick your ass
2: fat come on let's do it man come on deeply fucking unpleasant it's
0: so horrible the match is around 20 seconds
2: thank god cat
0: just like pins lenny after a kick no reaction no tag for any of the other men no the crowd the crowd who you've literally basically shook up and say look bad gay men are here. You hate those. And we brought special men to come out and ruin them for you. And the men come out and they do it. And they do it very quickly. And we made fun of the fat man as well. Got a lot done. And he managed to do it in 20 seconds. Efficient. And get no reaction from a 2002 audience. How's that happened? That's
2: just fucking efficient, mate. They know how to get in, get out, while making as minimal fuss as possible, get it over as little as possible, like... Just getting it done in one go, like
0: this. This is like when the guys go backstage, like "fuck this town, man." The Vegas, Vegas territory is dead, brother. We gave him everything, gave him, gave him gay bashing. Yep. We gave him limp wrist lock. Yep. We gave him Rick Steiner. Yep. We bet up a fat person. Yep. Everything. I mean, want I don't is. know what more they want. Like, honestly, no, none of the gold works. You know, <laughs> how do you fuck this up? Well, they found a way, and then Mark Madden after the match just comes over and like, if you're gonna guess the baddie announcer, mm-hmm. you know, get him in inverted commas. Give him a shake, knock over the headset. There's a million ways to do it. He walks over and manages to knock Mark Madden in a way that he knocks into JP and both men fall over and knock over all the audio equipment as well. And it just, like, really felt like a man was being bullied and we had to slowly watch him try and do his job afterwards. It was.
2: He got shoved over and then Ernest, like, starts walking off and then he comes back and starts strangling him. Like, what did he do to Ernest?
0: Well, we're just going to have to watch all of WCW 2000 to find...
2: Also, Uh, I don't... Okay, I don't really care that much.
0: Adam, isn't it a sign of the restraint of the WWE that in 90 minutes we've managed to do the announcer gets beat up by a wrestler spot twice?
2: Yep, legit.
0: Well, it's time
2: for our
3: main <laughs> event!
2: Christ. Did you catch how old JB segued us into this match here? it wasn't him, like, excuse me, I have to get up off the ground
0: because I fell over and knocked over a lot of stuff.
2: <laughs> well, maybe that's what it is. Maybe he was just all shook up from that fucking vicious assault. But the way he words it verbatim is, all right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the main event for the WWA for the World Wrestling All-Stars. What now? All right, then. Got it in one, uh, you night. Know, fucking nailed it.
0: I am so fucking intrigued to know who hangs on to the next pay-per-view like i'm jb mm. like because you once you once you pointed that out about him saying like as has become you know emblematic here of uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> he since happy. he's like you point out that he's not a happy boy i'm like why are you still here jb like why are you still doing this this has got to be thankless for him at this point he
2: he can't be here much longer surely i imagine by the next one the eruption then we won't have jb with us anymore
0: you know what i'm really happy that Jeremy Borash is here so that we can get main events with young talent of the future. Mm. Like our main event here tonight, WWE title is on the line as Jeff Jarrett takes on Brian Christopher. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Borash, for securing <laughs> us the next ge- next generation. <laughs> so I've written down here four times you can do this, Kevin. So oh, rest buddy. assured, folks at home, oh, I can. You can. I can. I, I believe I, in I you. I know I well, I was gonna say I know I can. I knew I could back then. And you did, I, and I yeah. did, but that was back then. Exactly. So it's it's anyone's guess now. Brian Christopher seems to be a unique individual in that he has
2: his two cool music. Just yeah, what just the fuck? Some people don't even have any music, and this guy has his fucking WWF license theme. Not to mention the gear and everything. He's literally just copy and pasted into this promotion.
0: <laughs> it's it's just literally Grandmaster Sexy. Brian Christopher of the tag team 2 year from the World yep. Wrestling Federation. Remember? And what I love most about it is that he comes in and he's doing that... Yep. And he's dancing around uh-huh. and the crowd are, are into it. And then it just it's like, he's dancing, he's feeling... embarrassed And it stops That's really it. abruptly. That's enough. And Brian Christopher, mid-dance, is like, what the hell's going on, man? Yep. He's so like freaked out and I really wanted so bad and I at that point to be like ah, I'm the WWE you can't use my music and like, what oh, No, no no <laughs> oh
2: <laughs> well, it would have made a few of them jump Adam it would have made a few of them jump what it is is and I definitely think St. Andrew had got the iTunes 45 second free sample of that song <laughs> and figured because <laughs> it's free we can play this as many times as we like
0: yeah and what you should have told there is when when Jeff Jarek came out and it goes cho cho shows cho's the one I did not have sexual relations <laughs> with that woman. <laughs> I just felt very compressed then and wrong, you know? Just, it was 2002. We were working on what we had, you know? Adam, are you ready for the
2: unique stylings of the USWA? Oh, God, yeah, it is, isn't it? These are both... Uh jerry lawler's kids
0: it is it's all here
2: shallow gene pools
0: low bump taken, (laughs) audience interaction and
2: dancing it's all here folks god now you've as soon as you've said that yeah this is actually literally a memphis match just copied and pasted directly into this show like it's got all the shenanigans and panto that you would expect from something like that. Yeah,
0: pretty much like when your wrestling match has got a preamble that's like a podcast at the start. <laughs> you know, you know, it's like a pre. Like he's there, I'm Jeff Jarrett. I'm the Chosen One. And I'm Brian Christopher. I'm Jerry Lawler's son. Hang on a second. We need to establish who we are. Like he turns to the audience. Hi, hey guys. It's just loads of fucking chatting and talking. Yeah. So this is so what we get on pay-per-view. What was Jeff doing in the main event then? Fucking Dublin and Manchester is an of interest.
2: <laughs> just an evening with Jeff Jarrett. Just taking questions from people. Like.
0: <laughs> you guys want to ask me at the time I was on Spring Breakers? No? No? Okay. Mark Madden with some truth time here. I like Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett got me this job. Jeff Jarrett got me my job in WCW as well.
2: <laughs> was he required to state that?
0: I, I don't know. Like Maybe he is... And also as well, the announcers who, admittedly, Adam, you got to say, they've got a little bit to work with here. You know, you've got some recognizable names, but I would say Brian Christopher is not traditionally someone you would see in the main event spot, right?
2: No, just because he's a name. I mean, like, he'd never even had a singles title in WWE. You can envision, even though Eddie wasn't a main eventer at this point in time, he's at least been European champion, an intercontinental champion. You can sort of see him in a main event level more than this one half of a tag team that only won the tag belts once, yeah. like...
0: I know, right? I mean, what do you say? I mean, like, I don't know. Like, you can kind of pivot and be like, hey, he's Jerry Lawler's son. Jerry Lawler won, you know, there's the crazy statistic that Jerry Lawler has won something like 370 championships in his time. Mm-hmm. And like Brian Christopher, you know, he's living in the shadow of his father. Maybe he can do it here tonight. Or like Brian Christopher, he likes to dance, but, you know, maybe that's kept him away from the main event. Like, you can talk about how this is not what he's had before. And that, that's an exciting yeah. story. You can hook me with the story of the guy. Because, I mean... As far as I'm concerned, usually, if you're signed to a company, you've got a base level of wrestling. Everyone's able to do a main event match. Everyone's Mm. got that in them. So you can put Heath Slater, Zack Ryder, whoever in a main event. Tell me the story on commentary and it can work. Mm. What's the story on commentary? Well, we know that Brian Christopher is ready for this spot. And we know because he already challenged Jeff Jarrett in Glasgow for the World Championship. So it's basically saying because he lost already to Jeff Jarrett in his only championship match... That he's ready to do it now. and If that and the begrudging endorsement from Bret Hart aren't going to get you over, Brian, I don't know who is. I was going to
2: say, you're overlooking what I think is the bulk of the story of this match. And that is that Bret Hart, you know, he's keen on second generation wrestlers. So, there's your story.
0: It's two of those guys there. I think they got dads in the business, you know. Cool. Jerry Lawler. Jeb, 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 Jerry, Jerry, Jared, yeah. Fuck so, me. So. <laughs> Uh, two hours twenty-three and ten seconds. Brian Christopher emits what could best be described as noises. And then, then we it really struggles, Adam. Mm. And this is like very rare in a interesting show. Can you tell that everyone's tired? And we got that at like I think Mayhem in Manchester or is one of the classic examples. Yes. Of like you can tell everyone's a bit tired yeah. there, you know, and. You know, the USWA, the Memphis chat that we've had before about it, yeah, they do a lot of talking, a lot of audience interaction. If I'm there in the audience, that's probably the style of wrestling I would like more than a lot of other styles if they're going to involve me and have yeah. a bit of fun and a bit, a bit of panto and all that Yeah, stuff. for sure.
2: We, we've been to wrestling shows together and like usually the match that makes us both come alive the most is the silly match with a lot of interaction yeah. and a lot of like pointing around and shit. It is fun when you're there in person.
0: And Jeff Jarrett is here to let you know that this is what this match is going to be on a show that's not had a lot of audience interaction. Jeff Mm -hmm. is there giving it his all, and he goes right to the front row. And he's Jeff's always been very good, I feel like, of acting as if he's getting nuclear heat, even when he isn't. Mm -hmm. When like they're a little quiet, like they are here, and he's like, Oh, shut up, you sit down, put that camera out, man, come on. You know, he's he's really good at animating himself, yeah, in a a heel way.
2: He is, Uh, he's very effective at that. And um, honestly, for all the ragging we've done on the choices of matchups and the choices of lack of story and everything. I do actually quite like Jeff Jarrett as a top heel with the championship. I think yeah. he's good in that role, personally.
0: I, I will hold you to that. In the future. <laughs> this, uh, he's going to be the champion for that. all of these shows, isn't he?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: Jeff goes into the rig and he's bouncing off with the crowd and he goes to this person in the crowd really loudly so the hard camera can pick it up and he goes, Hey pal, you may think I suck, but you swallow. Boom! Around around. That's proper Jeff Jarrett 2000. Listen up, Jurassic Slapnuts. You know he's <laughs> he's got you there, right? <laughs> then Brian Christopher comes into the ring, grabs the microphone, and Brian to say that he's jazzed up and excited to be here hmm. in bold and italics is uh, is putting it lightly. Let's just say because he kind of struggles to take a breath and interact with the audience. Yeah, he's like everyone be quiet. Shh, shh. Everyone go shh shh shh. Shh, should be quiet. Be quiet, be quiet shh, Las Vegas. Be quiet, shh, 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 And it was like, what, what? What? You know, the guy comes out and starts dancing, then tells everyone to be quiet. Like what the, the lib- fuck? The dancing librarian, Brian Christopher. Like- and then he goes, Las Vegas. Now you all been out here saying that Jeff Jarrett? Huh? You would say that he sucks. Well, he doesn't suck because we all know Jeff Jarrett swallows. <laughs> he does the same joke as Jeff, and he's in the ring with him, Adam, when he did it.
2: Yep. Uh, that's just the quick wit and thinking on your feet that Brian Christopher brings to the WWA no no <laughs> no like, come on we're actually no. you're not
0: allowed to do thing. we're like are you working the arm brother well no i'm working the arm are you doing the exact same joke as me brother yeah but i'm doing it 11 seconds later <laughs> so it's okay <laughs> oh fucking hell you know it's the rule of threes you should have done this joke a third time and then it would have been
2: funny i i will say as shitty as that is as crap as that is and as unimaginative as that is, yeah, I do feel like that little Brian Christopher promo woke the crowd up a little bit. A little bit.
0: It did, because he actually said something and it made yeah. people anticipate things happening, which, yes. God forbid, something actually happens. <laughs> he dances and then his pants fall down. Is it a shoot or is it a work? I genuinely don't know.
2: <laughs> I think that was a work. Those are work trousers.
0: Okay, I really find this out because... You know, we're obviously coming up to the Montreal screw job and we had a very lengthy chat on Twitter <laughs> with someone who thought that we, we believed that Montreal yeah. was a, was a, was a, was a work, which it was I think fine. is so funny that we've we've only been doing this for seven years, mind like, you know, yes, any time yes, it pops up. But
2: in that person's defense they were really high when they thought that, so it's okay. That's that, that, that's all right. Anyway, I'm you know what, mate? I'm high on chronic matches.
0: That's what I'm high on, right? Yeah. So right, I will not have any sort of a chat about whether or not Montreal is a shoe or work, but I will go in deep on this. Right, Brian Christopher, number one, pants falling down would wake the crowd up unexpected. Yeah. So work right. Mm-hmm. Also. Brian Christopher sold it with a big smiley face. Like, oh, man. Yep. Again, could be a work. Shoot. Mm-hmm. He didn't wear funny underwear. Oh. And I feel that if your trousers are going to fall down, you would wear funny underwear. And he had such an unhumorous underwear. That's
2: true.
0: Such an unhumorous jockstrap on him, you know? Also as well, he looks like he has lost a considerable amount of muscle mass since his WWE days. Mm. So, them pants could have just been slung, you know, and yeah. slung pants
2: will do what they do. But they only fall down the once in the whole match. Oh, that, that underwear yeah. point is a really good point, though, i got to say. If, if anyone at home knows the true story behind Brian Christopher's underwear in this match, please do write in, because I'm curious.
0: You know what it is? If his pants fell down on any other night on the tour, then it's a then it's a work because there's no reason that he would have it worked up like that. His pants could do that, and he'd not do it twice. Yes,
2: that's true. That's true.
0: Because they have done one bump in ten minutes <coughs> and a lot of audience interaction, it's now time to go into the crowd.
2: Yep, we get a crowd boring. and the
0: pop of the night. Is when the crowd see themselves on the big screen.
2: Wee, that's what we all came here for, mate.
0: Love that. Yep. they were like, let's go in the crowd. It'll pop and big. Why? Because they'll see themselves on the big <laughs> screen. I love it, man. Double J doing muscle poses in the middle of the match, and I said this had like private birthday party levels of intensity. <laughs> You're like Jeff Jarrett doing muscle poses, and after I beat Brian Christopher, there ain't gonna be no pinata. <laughs> and you're like crying, Daddy. No, you said to be a pinata. Don't worry. It's just he's just working you. That's all. Okay. It's just a work. You have to it's learn how the the business show. works. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And then, then you turn to your wife and kids, like little marks over there. like <laughs> All this shit. <laughs> Can you believe it?
2: Oh, uh, I want a wrestler for my thirtieth next year.
0: I think that'd be fun. I mean, I wouldn't mind hiring a couple of wrestlers to do a, to do a spot show. You know.
2: Yeah, just, just a little match, nothing huge like.
0: I mean, look, I I pay better than hot dogs and popcorn. Like you you'd get a you'd get a payday from me. I, I have to say, Adam, yeah. you and I would be generous than many promoters in the region than if you and I were to have wrestling at our birthday.
2: <laughs> I'd agree. The catering would be good. Like the, the company would be nice. We'd make sure that they're, they're well looked after. We'd set up a green room and everything. I I think There's good money to be made there for wrestlers that are looking to do specifically mine and yours birthdays. So anyone out there, keep that in mind.
0: Also, if you are a wrestler who's got like a face painting gimmick or like a catering (laughs) gimmick, you could kind of, (laughs) you know, do a bit of a package deal there. Magician, (laughs) I don't know, Phantasmo's working still, like, you know. (laughs) A rare sighting out in the wild, but we get a very, very big and long glad gate going nowhere super hole in the middle. That was a big competition in Memphis wrestling
3: for many, many, many years.
2: Now it's carried over. Whoop! He ain't going nowhere now. Oh no, he don't. No, no. He's, he's proper into it tonight. Like,
0: and he says it again. He says, "I say it." He ain't going
2: nowhere. <laughs> I <laughs> told you he is, ain't going like. nowhere.
0: And then he stops it. And he goes over to the audience. Hey, you! I thought I told you that he wasn't <laughs> going nowhere. And he does it again. Like. <laughs> uh, we get another bump, which was a, a backdrop, big bump there. Wow. And uh, and then another bump when the referee took a bump, but I don't think that counts. ...for the main event... No. ...hip hop drop... A ...referee appears... ...to disagree with referee... ...Slick Johnson... ...and then the top two referees... from TNA... ...who obviously feel... ...that they're a big draw... ...have like... ...all the heat... <sighs> ...in the end of this match... ...as Rudy Charles... Yep. ...and Slick Johnson... ...are at each other's throats... Yep. ...and guys... They've even made it to the TNA Asylum or the Impact Zone. They're already busting each other's chops.
2: Now here, this, I I got really worried this is exactly how the show was going to end because the refs start brawling and JB just suddenly goes, well, we're out of time, folks, which, A, is bullshit. Oh, my God. Because the match, at the start of the match, like, what, 15 minutes ago, they said 60-minute time limit for this (laughs) contest. It's the main event. (laughs) 15 minutes in, JB's like, ah, fuck it. That's enough. Like, we're out of time, folks. Who cares?
0: but like if jb's getting the signal that they're out of time and they're because that's coming from the satellite truck or whoever yeah. you know whoever's doing the the, the pay-per-view mm-hmm. hookup that's you know you're, you don't say that willy-nilly because i mean i remember times jim ross saying we're out of time yeah and i remember times of Jay, uh, joey Styles say we're out of time i remember times of joey Styles saying we're out, and then it going yeah because <laughs> so they're out of time fact, we get another four or five minutes yes after jb says we're out of time they're not, we were out, of not time. out of time i you know what jb I've been there before, where I'm like, yeah, no, 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 we're yeah, you know, we're out of time, yeah. You pack it up, you know. what four to five, we're we're out of time, boss. I think do, you're do you out you mean, of time. here on.
2: Do you mean like Friday when me and you just gave up on this recording? <laughs>
0: like- <laughs> we're, we're out of time. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that was that we were out of vitality. That's different.
2: oh yeah, you're right. My bad.
0: Because genuinely, and I say this to you as lovely listeners. I genuinely thought that if we kept going it would have been shit.
2: Yeah, no, I, I feel like we were both starting to flag from talking about this. We were both getting hungry, like the day was getting long. It would have been a disservice to the WWA to have carried on in that state.
0: Exactly. It's not how things would have wanted to be. Look, we didn't want to get in any froth and bubble, alright? We just wanted to do things right the way, the way Saint wanted to be done. Brian Christopher goes for the pile driver, mm-hmm. shades of his dad. No, he gets the stroke, kind of onto the title belt. Mm. Jeff Jarrett wins, and as he is celebrating, it's very much a quick, like you know, lights are off. You hear the United States, thank you, everyone, for coming to CWA, safe home. <laughs> you
3: know
0: they are getting out the door. The deposit is not coming back. No, nope. you've got probably I don't know you got like Randy Newman and Siegfried and Roy are queued up to go oh. into the Atlantic <laughs> to do their set, like you know. <laughs> Adam the WWA has got Jeff Jarrett on top of the mountain once again and with young hungry dogs like the, the like uh, Brian Christopher coming on the, on the trail and Devin Storm and Alan Funk oh. well we've had our second dose of WWA this organization continues to live for more shows is this
2: true i believe we've got three more pay-per-views to go kevin what how 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 yeah honestly how okay we can say in some respects
0: and i think you hit the nail on the head absolutely in ring i think it's a better show than it was last time Mm -hmm. and is that just because we're able to run it in america where we have a big enough roster that we can have these matches because it felt like you know it was very irish whip wrestling you know six lads a triple threat another triple threat yeah. then a six-man tag and then three singles matches are going to be on the card like with the same six lads
2: yeah like. it's i feel like yeah it's a bigger roster maybe they just had more folks that would be willing to make the journey in america rather than having to fly all the way to australia or yeah. what have you i feel like taste wise in terms of content it was still a pretty bad show but they would definitely cleaned their act up significantly since the first one like it was a step up from that
0: it's not saying much so it's really it's not still no we're still in the gutter like you know we talk about all the shit from the attire all the time you know when it, it came up and as it was happening how bad it was this that and the other but you got to re- realize even if like stuff that was bad was happening it's usually a couple of times an episode and that was like on one pay-per-view or maybe mm-hmm. across like Four separate episodes of Raw leading up to that pay-per-view. We got, I swear to God, so many objectionable things crammed into not a very long show. I think this may be the land speed
2: record for most disagreeable content in one wrestling show. I'd still have to give that to The Inception, I think. I think, because I, I remember the first show, it was literally like back-to-back, five or six segments in a row that had homophobic jokes or homophobic That's content. True. It was like, I feel like with this, there is a lot of objectionable stuff, and it is peppered all throughout the show, whereas it felt like The Inception was almost a barrage non-stop from start to finish. Is like, we hate the gays, we hate trans people, yeah. get them out of here! Like, it felt very yeah, aggressive. Yeah, it, it, it it was very
0: narrow in its, in its hateful focus, which probably makes it a bit more laser sharp. Whereas this is like, oh, we, we do hate gay people, but we also hate Native yes. Americans, small little people, people yeah. and, you know, tall people, fat people, mm. every, every sort of person that we can find a way to hate, we will. So, yeah, I mean, it's still worth bearing in mind that any sort of an idea that it's the Vince Russo hangover or it's this is a Russo shitty job and all that. Man, I'd even go back to some of that WCW 2000 stuff, and I'd say, young Jeremy Borash, who's the whiz kid who everyone thinks is fucking great, and no one says a bad word about, yo, he's pitching some fucking muck there, he really you know, is. and yeah. It's not as if Vince Russo wouldn't jump up to take credit for something like you know, Viagra on a pole or whatever. But you know JB was pitching stuff just as bad as that, if not worse.
2: Yeah, I wonder how much of it is to do with like how JB learned from under the Russo tree, maybe. Maybe yeah. he picked up some of these booking habits and like terrible ideas from working with Russo for so long. I don't know.
0: I would just like to see some people kind of own own it, you know, from back in this time. Just kind of mm-hmm. say, like, look, this is what we thought we needed to do. Yeah. Boy, this is regrettable. As opposed to just kinda pretending like it doesn't happen. Or in the case of Russo, pretending like it was great anyway. Yeah, you know, it's just honestly I feel this is like one of the most damning indictments of non WWE talent and writers and bookers I think I've ever actually seen. Because, you know, it's so easy just to just be like, ah, WWE, you know what they're like and i feel like you can do that with wcw as well Mm -hmm. i feel like you don't need to blame the structures in the corporate the the corporate masters in those cases we've got a lot of shitty people who are working here and a lot of them are in the wwa are we going back to australia for future shows uk is that no more us i'm assuming you can't no show randy savage scott hall and kevin nash and hope to run america ever again
2: Yes, indeed, we are going back to Australia next time. This show was the only show they did in the USA, pay-per-view-wise. So we're going straight back to Australia next time for W.W.A. Eruption.
0: Eruption. Which notably has a much shorter runtime than this pay-per-view, which I think is a bit of an alarm bell to be ringing there. You know, I think... I think... You don't come to America, do a show like this, and then triumphantly come back to Australia and build an international wrestling organization. I just don't feel it's gonna happen for them.
2: You say alarm bell, I say fucking dream situation. The next one's gonna be shorter than this. Yeah, bring it on. Let's get it over and done with. <laughs> like let's fucking finish this.
0: Well, there you go, folks. The WWA part two. They were back and it was a regrettable experience in many ways. What did you think of the WWA? Let us know. In the comments below. And if you plan on joining us for the rest of the WWA ride, I feel we will be going for an eruption soon enough. If you have any information about any of those shows you've been there or any of the shows that we've covered already from the WWA, we are, of course, as always after your thoughts. You can let us know on Twitter, at a podcast, on Facebook, slash attitude air podcast, or at attitude air podcast at gmail.com. And while you're there, why well, give us a follow on the old socials and leave us a rating or review or
2: you get your podcast content that Facebook page in particular is a great place for you to find all of our video content we 've made from clips from the podcast we 've got clips from the podcast Smackdown crawl bibblotech gamesmanship there is a load of different stuff to try out there on our Facebook page including if I may personally plug my recent work on the journey into darkness book report segment from oh, Bla- baby from bad blood 97. I had a serious time trying to visualise a lot of that stuff, like Paul Bearer handing Kane a Gatorade, that kind of thing. You can find that on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast.
0: And if you want to support the Attitude Era Podcast, get access to those book report episodes, as well as all 60-plus episodes of the Smackdown Crawl, a whole shitload of video episodes, two of which are available to watch for free on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash apodcast, as well as commentary tracks, Q&A episodes and little side Venture series like the big show 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 Hang about Kevin that's Uh the,
2: The big show 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 show
0: Ah, show it is. So all that is available and more at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. Support the show, get access to a whole bevy of bonus content. We are frequently told by folks who support all manner of means of creators on Patreon that they're always very, very happy with the sheer quantity of stuff and the regularity in which you get stuff over on our Patreon page. We love to record stuff and give it out to our backers, and there is a whole lot there you find yourself in this time with a lot of time on your hands or a little bit of extra walking or driving and you need some audio in your ears i guarantee you the smackdown crawl and the book reports and those video episodes they are some of the best content that we have ever produced and they're all available at patreon.com slash a podcast and if you are a backer or you have been at any point thank you so much for your support you make this show possible you're the reason this show is entirely fan and listener supported we've got no corporate masters or sponsors if we ever do have sponsors they're from our lovely backers over on patreon for their projects all that information is available on the page well, until next time adam we're gonna look at some more wwa in the future you,
2: you ready for some more of that yeah i can't wait to erupt kevin it's gonna be a good time and we
0: we gave it like a year between the last episode, I think, I know, if not a bit it more. It was a good one. I, I don't know if we we're going to last the same length of the time this time, but we will be back in the WWA. You can thank your lucky stars that we've got St. Andrew McManus <laughs> looking over <laughs> our shoulders. Until next time, it's going to be a goodbye from me, Kevin. And me, Adam. And we'll see you next time on the Alexia podcast.